0: This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor.
1: Yo, this is Rob Maji, and you're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast.
0: Yo, 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 it's ODB from OLP. This is episode 329. We've got a jam-packed episode. Getting a little, do things a little bit different this week. Want to just kind of do a very short intro, which is not typical from OLP. We probably will pick up some new listeners, potentially this week, whether you're driving or flying to Southeast Mini Truck and Nats, also known as Mini Nats. Please, if you can, leave a rating Uh, If you're on an iPhone, go into the pre-installed podcast app, leave a five-star rating. You can type a review if you'd like. Also, if you're on Spotify or Podbean, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. It definitely helps us out. So thank you so much. Uh, We want to thank our title sponsor uh, for the continued support, and that is Scraping the Coast. If you go to Scraping, with an I-N, ScrapingtheCoast.com, you'll see that their 21st annual event is going down this June we cannot wait a little less than 70 days till the event. It's June 23rd, 24th, 25th of 2023 in Biloxi, one of the biggest, baddest shows around. Join us at Scraping with an I I-N, Scraping the Coast 2023. So uh, here's the the lead-in to this episode. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to reinforce that this episode, we've got Jeff, also known as Jizef. Jeff from Mini Garage is going to come on the podcast. He's going to give a few updates about what he's got going on from Mini Garage, but will also talk about if you need parts on where to go, and he'll get you squared away. So we got that. We also have Adam from Extreme Lows. Adam Madrigal. Madrigal. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Adam is a longtime Extreme Lows member uh, he's considered kind of the top guy, my understanding, at this time in the club. We'll talk about some of the history. He actually works for Danny Coker. I know he's worked kind of there off and on over the past several years. He's known him for 20-plus, but uh, he works there, I believe it's kind of part-time right now, but he, he was on, I think, the first couple seasons of uh, Count Count's Customs, right? So that's pretty cool, and... There's a lot of history. I mean, this guy was at the right place at the right time. He was. You're going to hear in the episode that you know from everything from San Diego to L.A. all over to Vegas area. A lot of connections goes back to lowrider days. So I think you guys will really enjoy that. So stick with us there. I do want to give a shout out uh, to a couple of the, the people that are going to be helping Joey Whitby um, with the cruise across the country. So. Legacy Rag Tops. Uh, many of you, especially long-term mini truckers, you know how much uh, a rag top means to a mini trucker. Uh, if you need a, a rag top, uh, hit up Legacy Products. I know they run a lot of ads on Instagram and I see that stuff. I think they follow us. We follow them. Legacy Rag Tops. I believe that lineage, will, maybe we'll tell the story one day, goes all the way back to the early days of... Um, was it Street Beat? I forget where everybody was going in those days, but they their, their legacy goes back, I guess, pun intended, uh, to those early days. So check them out if you want a ragtop. Also, I know Switch Suspension, they just followed us the other day. I don't know if Brian from Grinder helps them or um, who does their social media. Uh, Switch Suspension, over the past 10 plus, I'd say they have really grown to be a great shop out in, uh, I think, the greater Arizona area. And I got a chance to slap hands with them before at Lone Star Throwdown. They're good people. Not only do they sell parts, but they are uh, doing a lot of super clean installs. They do a lot of cool stuff. I love following them on social media. I forget if their YouTube channel, um, have they if they've continued to maintain it as much, but I remember watching some of their early stuff. I think they were one of the first um, videos I remember seeing where they talked about how to convert the endo CVT to the Valve tank, right? So they, they had those kind of videos on their YouTube channel, but also leg or um switch suspension. They also have just a, a great whoever does their social media, they have a great social media uh, presence with good videos and photos and stuff. So uh, Joey wanted me to plug Legacy Ragtops and Switch Suspension. Now Joey and those guys are going to take out. I think as he said on the last episode, around tax day. So don't forget to do your taxes. I've got to finalize mine, and that's going to be on Tuesday. I'm going to be leaving on Wednesday to gallivant on up uh, to the uh, Maggie Valley area. I'm going to stay with a friend on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we're going to uh, kind of stroll, kind of float in the town. It's going to be great. Now, speaking of gallivanting, Mike Murray, not only he's going, I think, for another consecutive year of gallivanting, he has gallivanted over to Las Vegas area. And he's there all weekend, I think until Tuesday, he told me. Then he flies home, sleeps a couple hours, packs the van, well, goes and gets the minivan, then packs it. Then he's going to drive straight to. I'm telling you, there's nobody that can gallivant across the country more than Mike. And when I say that, don't forget he's got a full time job, he's got his side business with the home watch gimmick, then he's got the shows, EBGD, he's got the OLP deal. And he's just, I don't know how he does it, man. I mean, he literally is kind of, you know, borderline celebrity. And if he ever does, you guys would have to go back and listen. You know, we we dropped the, the debut album, the track list. If he ever releases it, you know, I, I think I think it's going to sell, you know. But he's got to start writing his lyrics, man. I, I don't know what's going on with Mike. So uh, lastly, I would just say, hey, if you get a chance, if you like what we're doing here, Send it, you know, a lot of these apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can click that up arrow or the triple dots and hit share. Send it to your club mates. Say, hey, yo, check them out. They did some cool interviews. I like what they're doing. Believe me, it continues to help. We've been doing this now almost eight years, and it's amazing to see the growth that we've had. And we couldn't have done it without all of the listeners, so thank you guys so much. But uh, with that being said, it's not very often that we keep the lead-in very, very short, less than 10 minutes. Uh, if you're flying or driving, be safe getting there and back home. Uh, pay attention to the road out there. Stay safe. Enjoy the episode, and we'll hit you guys, Lord willing, with another episode uh, uh, in two weeks. Uh, keep it locked to our social media. I would tell you to turn on post notifications on Instagram. If you can, you can go to our profile, and I think you can just toggle those on from there. You can also tap on the hashtag mini nats just how it sounds and that is going to be the primary hashtag that we're using. It's going to be an insane weekend. You're not going to want to miss some of the videos, reels. There's going to be a reveal that happens on Friday and you're not going to want to miss that. So again, we're going to be going live. We're going to be doing everything we can to bring you guys the most comprehensive coverage available for Southeast Mini Truck and Nat. So we'll see you guys out there. If you're there, come by. We got a lot of merch that we're going to drop. Stay on the rise, my friends, and Mike, keep on gallivanting. We you. Peace. Yo, yo, so we're going to move into the big homie, Jiz F. Jeff from Mini Garage, our brother in the Pacific Northwest. How you doing?
2: I'm doing good, Jason. How are
0: you? Good, man. It's always great seeing you. Uh, it was awesome kicking it at Lone Star Throwdown. I swear I see you more than some of the people that live in my own neighborhood, man.
2: You know, I definitely love getting out um and and I love catching up with you no matter where we're at so
0: it's it's always good stuff before we talk about mini garage and some of the other stuff you got going on includes including the parts business. I do know that you've been battling back with your health a little bit and stuff like that, and it's always uh good to see that you're making some progress, man, so we're rooting for you
2: I appreciate it. I broke my foot and it's uh it's on the mend, so.
0: Well, I, when I talked to Hank, Hank was telling me that when you were watching like the Karate Kid series, you know, he said that Jeff, yeah. you know, starts to have like flashbacks to like eighty two, eighty three when you were kind of running in the karate uh, the karate, karate, karate gangs. So just be careful, man.
2: Yeah, well, you know, and 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 it, it's Hank that <laughs> gets away from the cops, and he can run away. I was running from the cops, and the and the and I got I just fell. I mean, I'm not as nimble as I used
0: to Yeah, he's the only one that I could see get you know, the Grand Stuff Grand Theft Auto when you had five stars, you were kinda like done in, like your game's over. He right. managed to get away somehow.
2: Every time.
0: Well, the reason why I wanted to bring that up is here's the crazy thing. You know, I, I you know, I you gave me a shout out recently on Mini Garage. I appreciate that, but you know, when I look at someone like, you know, you, you've you've got the broken foot thing. You're still out there working on minis. You're you're balancing the parts business that we'll talk about. You know, you got your health. You're trying to kind of get back, like I mentioned with the foot. But talk to us a little bit about. Um, I know you guys have been hustling on Cobb's mazdog right? How is that going?
2: We have been hustling on this thing. It's a uh, he. He bought this truck oh two three years ago, and it was a uh, it was already bagged. Um, we got a motor in it, and he drove it to the relaxed show two years ago and on the way down there 300 mile drive like his first test drive the one of the front bag mounts actually ripped away from the frame so we got it back home and and let it sit for a while and we thought about it and we thought about it and we decided that we were just going to go all out on it um he wanted a body drop truck he didn't fit in a conventional truck um he's like six two and so we thought well we've got this already here. Let's, let's stock floor it. Let's redo the rear suspension. Um, so I've never stock floored a truck. And, and, you know, we brought Ron over and he's like, well, I'd just build a frame for it. And I'm like, I don't want to build a frame. That's way more than I can handle. Um, so we, we cut halfway through the frame and, and box it in with a quarter wall, uh, two inch tubing. It turned out really nice. Um, the, the back, the extra cab part is uh, conventional by drop because originally he wanted to keep his gas tank in the stock location, mm-hmm. which I don't know why, but I, his truck, his build. Um, so we, we started setting it up for that. Then we got into the rear suspension. He got a AVS kit, and he ordered it, and it was uh, a little longer than what we anticipated, and the link bars go under the cab. Ah. So... The gas tank's not going not gonna to work there, um, but the conventional body drop does work there with, with the link bars there. Um, he has these centerline billets, 18-inch uh, wheels that he wanted to run on it. They were too wide. They wouldn't tuck. So we ended up getting a Datsun 521 rear end, stuffing it back there, back half in it, and then I'm like, we absolutely should have built a frame. So when your buddy that's done this time and time again tells you something, you might want to listen to him from the start because I've been one step forward, three steps back, two steps forward, three steps back the whole way, but it's coming along. Um, he's He's got some, he saw the, you know, uh, Mike Murray's caddy taillights had to do that, so he's got some great oh,
0: Yeah, I heard he's gunning after Mike, yeah, taking him out. He's gunning
2: after Mike. We picked up uh, a billet insert. Uh, when we were down at LST from, uh, from Gus down in Louisiana, um, he's got a, sh- he's got a shelf for it. We just put in a 40 by 40 legacy sliding rag. Um, we, we put a Mitsubishi eclipse bubble on the hood. Damn. Um, it's, it's a whole lot of old school touches. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We, we've got a, we've got a bead roller that Eric bought. Last year, um, we're going to play around with that, and and I mean I'm no Sean Rose, but I'll 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 give it a try.
0: I mean I love the hustle, and this is what I want. Want to kind of lay the foundation though. If you think about this, so we're gonna we're gonna give Jeff some flowers here. So right, so he's got a boot on. He is you know trying to kind of get back with with the foot deal he mentioned. You've got your normal job, your normal duties, dad, husband, that type of stuff, right? Then. We got the parts business that we're going to talk about. Then you're over there helping Cobb. You're hustling, redoing stuff, redoing this, getting ready for shows. Like for me, as I get older, like I almost want to, you know, I'm not a fabricator. I'm not a guy. I mean, I can get out there and take some stuff apart, but I almost like want to detox sometimes from it, right? Because I kind of love the podcast and. You know, it's it's a lot to always balance. But then there's someone like you. Like, I get motivation from you because I'm like, man, this dude's out there running circles on on guys that, you know, are just kind of kicked back with their feet up all the time. And that's fine if that's what they want to do. But you're out there doing the damn thing, man. Well, we sure try. I mean, you're killing it, dude. You know what I'm saying? And and that that's great. And, and the thing I love that I want people to go out on YouTube and follow Mini Garage, many of you already are. Uh, your subscribers are on the rise, mini garage, just how it sounds, what you're going to see is that, you know, it doesn't take the nicest tools. It doesn't take the craziest shop. It doesn't take having a lift. I mean, these guys are out there just putting in the work. They're determined. And, um, you know, you got the younger cat with Jacob, a.k.a. Cobb, you know, in there, and he's kind of learning from the old school, you know, dare I say old school Jeff.
2: Well, and we, uh, you know, yeah, we do have a small garage, no lift, no nothing. We built this frame on the floor, and actually yesterday, he finally, we pushed the truck out and cleaned up a little bit. My, my garage is torn to hell. I wish I had, like, three more bays that I could, I just had so, a space. I mean, we've got so many parts and so many, so many things going on that, um, you know, at some point, something's got to give, and we're, we're busting at the seams here.
0: Yeah, no doubt. We're talking to Jiz F, a.k.a. Jeff, from mini garage i do want to stop real quick and give a huge shout out um we'll we'll have some more details but uh since we're talking pacific northwest you have august 19th is oregon's new minis or uh oregon's new main event right so that's coming from new minis uh so more on that that's going to be august 19th and then get this i don't know if this all just aligned the way it did the following weekend the following saturday on the 26th is sitting pretty from washington they have an event going on again that's uh, august 26th and you can go out on facebook for that one i know for sure and and type in Sittin' s-i-t-t-i-n pretty p-r-e-t-t-i summer slam and you can get more information Jizf, that's kind of cool i wanted to get that in because we're talking p um PNW, Pacific Northwest. We're talking Pacific Northwest right now, and it's good that you're starting to see a resurgence of some of these old-school shows and these old-school guys wanting to do something.
2: Yeah, you know, and I'm trying, 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 trying to to make that new mini-show down in Medford uh, the 19th. I committed to going to the Sitting Pretty show the following weekend, and it's going to be super hard to go You know, six, seven, one way and then and then six seven hours the the other way the following weekend, but I'm gonna try like hell to make both of them.
0: Yeah, good stuff. I know Hanks. Apparently, he's talking about he's already got his plans. He's gonna be thumbing all up and down the. Um, I don't think it's over on Pacific Coast Highway that far, but he's gonna be all. He's looking for large Marge. You know, you know, you I mean you remember large Marge? You know, so yes, sir. <laughs> the good old days, Jeff. Let's talk a little bit about. You have been a great resource for people that have Mazda trucks that are arguably one of the most popular mini truck ever made. We love our Mazdas and you know, you've helped me, you've helped so many other people, right? Give us an idea of if someone like what kind of parts are we talking, what years ish and where can they go to buy these parts?
2: So we have a, an eBay store dot maz d-a-t-m-a-z foreign on ebay and on that store if i mean because a lot of people like to buy with the confidence of ebay um you know to just it's a it's an assurance so we've got our ebay store open and there's mazda parts from 86 to 93 almost anything you can think of and if we don't have it we can get it we also have dots and parts and that's the the dot maz so we've got 521s, 620s, 720s, hard bodies. Um, not as many hard bodies, but a lot of 521s, some three twenty stuff. And then we have some dots and car stuff too, um, 510s. Actually, one of the first things we sold when we bought this inventory, I sold John Moore a set of fenders for a 320 and shipped them to Pennsylvania.
0: Nice, nice. Now give it to us one more time because I'm on eBay right now. So read it again to us.
2: D-A-T-M-A-Z, Foreign Auto Parts. That's the seller name.
0: Yeah, so go in there and search for the seller name. And you said D-A-T-M-A-Z. That's correct. Foreign Auto Parts. So yeah, go search out there. The type of questions that you maybe get, right, worldwide, I'd imagine this market, because I mean, these parts are kind of getting harder to find. What would you say on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis? What's kind of the biggest question or two that's coming in from people looking for parts for one of these said vehicles, or maybe even something you may not even sell.
2: So the biggest thing that we, that we get questions about is actually door panels for Mazdas. Um, you know, cause the sun, the vinyl at the top gets weather checked and whatnot. And, um, we're actually looking into somebody that can maybe reproduce them. One of the things that we just started making is, is a roll pan. So we're going to have those listed in the next, maybe a month or so on ebay is a, mold, a roll pan for a Mazda that we make ourselves we had an issue with with Cobb's truck and the the roll pan from another manufacturer didn't fit the way i liked it so we talked to a local guy and and worked it a little different and and it's built the way we want it to our specifications so hopefully we can we can sell it and still make some kind of profit we're not looking to get rich but we're looking to Help people find the parts that they want. We we just you know when we went to LST, I hauled three shells down to LST um, for a guy in Louisiana that had to have them. Um, and these parts are getting harder and harder to find. And so there's there's a handful of us in the across the country that have a large inventory. We just happen to be one of them.
0: Yeah, if you go on YouTube and you type in mini garage that we said earlier. You'll see also there have been a couple of videos, and I know I'm trying to remember if it was my buddy Josh Ellis or who it was. Someone had said, hey, when you talk to Jizef, let him know the video that he made on, as an example for everyone, there's a little bit of tech out there as well on the channel. I think you changed the ignition switch, which is known to go bad on these Mazda pickups. I think mine is even going bad a little bit. Jalopy Joe was like, hey, put the key in, and I can kind of pull the key up a little bit, and it'll it'll start, but I'm wondering if that switch is sometimes going bad. But you've also done some videos like that that have been helpful to other people.
2: Yeah, you know, and and Josh called, and I and I pointed him to that video, and it, it was able to help him out. I, I struggle to do stuff like that because... I think, well, it's, it's simple. It's change the ignition switch, but there's a lot of people that don't know specifically in these trucks how to do it. It's funny. My friend of mine, Will Scott, he's the, the painter on the graveyard cars. He called oh, me. Yeah. His, son, his son has a Mazda. He called me and he was like, I need to change the ignition switch. And I'm like, well, watch the video. And and so he he called me back, you know, half an hour later. He's like, thanks. I really appreciate it. Got, got it all worked out. And, Um, so I do like to do some of that tech stuff, but it just seems like it's not as exciting as the, as the, the full custom stuff.
0: Yeah. And for the listeners, this is something that's important. If you're looking at content creation, I sometimes have to remind myself, like I used to think, Hey, what's the big deal with unboxing something? Right. It's like, you know, whatever, But if you look at all these channels, I watched Adam Savage from Mythbusters, you know, he's got this amazing channel unboxing crazy these big one six scale DeLoreans and all kinds of cool stuff. But you realize there's an appetite for it. Someone's like, Oh, well, I want to see what comes with it. Oh, I want to see this. Oh, I want to see the the reactions of the people. So to your point, you know, sometimes content creators, you have to be able to to step back and go, you know what? Uh, I'm going to show someone how to take a door panel off. You might be able to do it with a blindfold on, but you're going to have other people out there that are maybe new to this and they go, man, I, this is exactly what I need. So I have to stop also and remind myself about that stuff.
2: Yeah. Now, in, in a few weeks, when you see me take a door panel off of Mazda, you'll know where I got the idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, brother. Uh, so listen, if let's say someone is driving right now and they're like, yo, I didn't hear that or whatever. Can they message you on Facebook and you would send them, or Instagram, I guess, but more Facebook, I think, they could message you and you'd send them a link to the eBay store or if somebody said, hey, Jizef, I need an AC compressor, for instance, right, for a Mazda, you could tell them, hey, I got it. If it's a transaction like that, do you still send them to eBay or how does that work?
2: So if somebody's not concerned with having the protection of eBay, I will sell stuff on Facebook marketplace or, or on messenger or on Instagram and if I'm not paying the eBay fees the price is a little cheaper I, I'm if you know I've sold stuff to people all over the world through messenger and I don't have a problem with that if if I sell it off of eBay I don't have to give eBay their percentage yeah so the the, the buyer doesn't have to pay that.
0: Yeah, and what I would tell people is, if you're liking what we're doing here, I recently did, even if you're not into Lincolns, I did a Lincoln Attic podcast episode with my friend John, and we talked about a very similar thing that we're talking about right now. There are scammers. We could do a whole episode here. There's scammers in the, you know, okay, all these different silos, BMX World, Lincolns, Buicks, you name it, wherever there's people spending money, there's going to be a scammer. The thing that I've always told people is reach out to that community. So mini truck community here, right? Mini garage, Jeff, he's been on the podcast. He's a trusted source, right? He sold parts, as he said, all over the country. I would tell people, and Jeff, I'm sure you would attest to this. It's key that you don't just go to Joe Schmo. That's Mazda.parts underscore one on Instagram and friends and family, a hundred bucks, something that you don't know who this person is. You know what I mean? Jeff has got an eBay store and he's got uh, a youtube channel he's he goes to shows all over the country. he is a trusted
2: source and and the, the the thing with that is you can also like there's there's all kinds of Mazda pages and if if even if you're not buying something from me if you buy something from somebody you don't know, ask on those pages is this guy a trusted seller yep um, because you don't want to lose your money and there's a lot of people there's a lot of people that only accept money friends and family if you don't trust them don't do it it's only a few bucks I prefer friends and family but if somebody is wants that protection I'm totally fine with it
0: yeah so I think that's key like what I've always told people we, you know we've talked a little bit about it you know in the whole world where you'll have these guys and you can spot them a mile away even on Instagram where they're like you know cartoon dot graphics uh, Jeff I make a uh, a cartoon. Of your car, your truck. And it's like a rendering? Like you can spot it. That's what John and I talk about. I'm not making fun of people that speak in other languages and stuff because believe me, these guys oftentimes are way more smarter than I am. But what I'm saying is, you know, be conscious of that. Just because a guy that maybe has a fender for 50 and what we call in the Lincoln world the usual suspects 100, don't just be like, yo, I'm going to send him 50. Because if that 50 is like, poof, gone, now you're going to be paying double or sometimes even more. So we don't want anybody to get scammed.
2: Right. And and, here, and here's here's how this is how stuff were. So I was supposed to take a fender down to LST with all the other stuff I took. And I got busy and I forgot. Ooh. And I forgot to take a fender. And the guy was like, hey, where's my fender? I paid you for it. And he absolutely did pay me for it. And I said, I'd save him the shipping by bringing it with me. I didn't bring it. So when I got home, I boxed it up and I shipped it and I ate that 150 bucks wow. because that was my bad. It was hundred percent my fault. Why should, why should he have to pay for my mistake? Yeah. That, that's not, you know, I mean, that's bad business and, and I'm trying to grow what we do. Um, but I mean, we spent, we spent a lot of money on inventory and so it makes sense that we just take care of our customers.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, like you said, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. But any many of you know, or, or, or many of you guys out there listening, and ladies are small business owners. You know the importance of uh, growing your business and and not having a, a guy out there mother effing you because you forgot something. Now, granted, listen, we all make mistakes, right? I mean, we've all been there. But that was that was stand up of you. Let me ask you this. So in your dealings, this is something I'm very curious about, you know, we're talking about some of the parts that you do sell, some of the questions you get, what are, are there certain things that you just feel like the OEM, well, not the OEM, but the aftermarket or parts suppliers, is there something you just always get questions on? Like, man, I I want the four by four fenders. I want this. Some of the stuff I know is like gold, but what are some of those things that you constantly get asked about where you're like, yo, everything's dried up. We don't have any of that.
2: The, the stuff that's dried up is, is the, a lot of people, because they're building the old school stuff, they want the chrome bumpers, the chrome rear bumpers. And not a lot of trucks had them to begin with. And so the ones that are out there are super hard to find. Um, the ECU for a 2600i truck, because they don't remanufacture them. So if you're, if, you know, you're, you're wanting to, to, to grab something to put on the internet for sale, if you go to a wrecking yard and you find a ECU for a 2600i, you're going to make money on it. And if you're willing to do that, you've got something that a lot of people want. And um, so we go through wrecking yards. We if there's there's um, this like we sold uh, an assortment of Mazda bolts for the interior all the screws and and we took a truck apart and every screw every bolt every nut in the interior we sold for 30 bucks on ebay because somebody's got their truck torn apart and they want to put it back together and well either they can go to the wreck yard and and sit all day and take every screw and and bolt out of it or they can buy this bag for 30 bucks
0: Yep. Yeah. And that's what happens. People, they take their trucks apart. It's apart a year, five years, 10 years. It happens on the Lincolns all the time. And then someone's like, shit, I didn't take photos. That's another thing I would tell people a tip. And you'll see Chip Foose even do this on if when he had the and show is as talented and successful as he is. They pull out their iPhone or their Android, and they take a photo of the stuff. I mean, that stuff is important, right, Jeff? It's minimal. You know, I guess it's in the grand scheme of things, you think, hey, that's, that's like, the, you know, wh- yeah, we all know that. But that's super important.
2: Absolutely. The other thing that we sell a lot of is air conditioning and power steering because it was an option. Uh, TAC uh, clusters. You know, a lot of the base model trucks didn't have a TAC. And so you can find a TAC cluster and it bolts it bolts right in. It's really simple. Um, and you know, now that we're older than we were as teenagers, we want the comfort of AC.
0: Yep.
2: People want they want power steering. So so that's absolutely like when we go buy trucks, I try to buy trucks that have that stuff that I know sells right off the bat. And people send me links to trucks for sale all the time. But generally the ones I want are the either the four wheel drives. The LX, the LEs, um, the ones that have the options because that's the first stuff that's going to sell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Jeff from Mini Garage. There's a buddy of mine in the greater Orlando area that has a nice Mazda for sale. Now, it's a driver. I mean, it's a low mile truck. He's been on the podcast before. If you or anybody's interested in it, now, granted, I mean, this isn't a parts truck. This is a low mile driven static drop truck. Uh, you know, let me know. But, um, I think it's a 90 or 91, something like that. But it's it's amazing to me that the trucks became so popular over the years now. To me, the, the, the they're such classic lines. I ended up picking up, and I haven't talked a lot about it. I did a couple YouTube videos. As you know, Jeff, I ended up picking up one about a year ago, a little less than a year ago. And I haven't really d- d- dove into it. Jeff has helped me out with some parts. And I really appreciate that. Uh, he's been a great source, and including his YouTube channel. But I think what's awesome is that these trucks might be 30, I mean, they're over 30 years old now in some examples. Man, they are just timeless, aren't they?
2: They sure are. And we got a, a low mileage truck uh, last year. I got an 86 LX standard cab that is 49,000 miles on it. And it the interior is mint. We have it listed on eBay. Um, I've got a couple people that have, have hemmed and hawed about it. Um, I had one of my good friends talk to Betty about buying it, but he, he didn't want to take it and cut up this pristine truck and, and body drop it. And I'm like, no, this is, it's a time capsule. It really is. it be, it's got the stock stereo in it. Um, we went through and the, the transmission was making a little noise. We took it out It took it to a shop, it had new bearings put in it. It is amazing. And it drives, I mean, it, it drives like a new truck. It's just 35 years old.
0: Yeah, we could do a whole episode on a topic that we've we've hit on in the past. Uh, that if you think about our quote, '57 Chevy' to us. Now, granted, none of us are going to argue and say, "Hey, '57 Chevy' is timeless, right?" But depending on what year you were born, that might be the dream car that your parents had, right? So, I talked to some of the friends. I'm sure you've had similar conversations where you go, "Hey, you know, we're mid 40s." hitting 50s, mid-50s, depending on, you know, I mean, we got guys that listen that are 60. We got guys that are listening that are in their 20s. So, right, a, a wide variety. But our 57 Chevy in our head might be a 90 to be 2200 It's insane to say that, but it's what we grew up with. And maybe in high school, you wanted that. And to me, I think it's just awesome to see what people are building.
2: And that's, that's exactly it. Like, when I was in high school, That was the truck to have. That that was the coolest truck to me was that Mazda B series truck. I couldn't afford it when I was in high school. And now I can. And now I have a lot. Yep. I I love the trucks. I when my son we we built my son's truck when he was ten years old, we started building that that red one. And then I got it back from him and gave it back to him. And I, I love that red truck that some of the factory colors are just they're just it like the teal is a super popular color um it was 92 93 um I think it was probably the most popular color at the time that Mazda had ever done wow yeah
0: it's it's crazy and many of us can think back whether you're a Mazda person or not you can think back to the truck like maybe if if I go what's Like I'm gonna ask you now, Jeff. Jeff, what's the first Mazda in your mind that comes that 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 you just love, right? That that was like maybe your all time favorite.
2: My all time favorite is Billy Bob's Peach Truck. Wow, there you go. I mean, I, I saw it in person. I saw it before it was on the cover. He debuted it at our at our show. I don't. It was our first our first one day show up at Clackamas Community College. He brought that Peach Truck out when it had the graphics on it, and. I've, I've loved it. I mean, I loved it before it was peach, but then when it was peach, it was amazing. Um, the, the flat black didn't do it for me, but the, but the peach was just that, that truck is it. And and Chris is a friend of mine, but still that's probably my favorite Mazda of all time.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I love it. I mean, and plus he's a great guy and it had the different variations of it. When I, what I think is awesome is when I look back at trucking and Mini trucking, and you see how many trucks were topless then. And I know it kind of depends where you live in the country. Pacific Northwest, hey, may not be the best place for a topless Mini. But we know, you know, Sal Napoli and so many people. And Billy Billy's was topless in that one variation. To me, it's just awesome that all of the stuff is coming full circle. You know, we're going to be at Mini Nats soon. Uh, you guys are hopefully hearing this before Mini Nats. And it's it's just so awesome to see it all, and it's, I'm just a, I'm glad to be alive to, to be able to just witness the resurgence of minis.
2: I saw those uh, Sal Napoli trucks at the Hall of Fame uh, with you down there in yes. Vegas last year. Yeah.
0: yep. yeah, it was it was awesome, wasn't it? And you know you just you just think of how great it is and what blows my mind is whether it's you know the kin folk that listen in Japan. The kinfolk in New Zealand, uh, down under in Australia, or the folks here. I mean, the, the parts that they're pulling out and finding is cool. But I also think something that's underestimated is 3D printing, right, and how that's going to transform things. You'll be able to have, granted, you know, maybe not a bumper. We know that made. But you're going to be able to have maybe some little things that need to be re Printed or produced, or maybe even something like to fill in a hole in the dash. You know, maybe you're missing a switch or something. That's going to be very cool to see how far all that goes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, before we go away, LST, Jamie Overby's Mazda. Did you see that with the Kia Swap in it?
0: Now, was that the one that had air shocks?
2: No, no, that, that's my buddy, uh, oh, Alan.
0: Wait a minute. Was Okay, which color was
2: it? It was an Alfa Romeo blue with a pearl, a gold pearl over it.
0: Yes, and that had the gas popper in the bed. Yes, yeah, dude i I talked to him and I was blown away. And it was also a top ten mini. You know it it, yeah. it had all the details. It had so much like the technical stuff, right? And mm-hmm. it, it proved that you know this body drop truck with all these like technicalities with it, but the old school feel, dude. It had the perfect pedigree. And that's what Radar and Lonnie they want there for those you know mini trucks to to come out you know
2: yeah and since LST, I've talked to him quite a bit and um, he's got a a diesel motor plate so that I could put a diesel engine in a in a B series truck it'll bolt right to the transmission so I could be doing that just to try it
0: wow yeah I would tell people check out Lone Star Throwdown on Instagram and look at all of the trucks that have been tagged we we tagged. Uh, him and the the video that we did and it was cool at the very end he pops the gas uh, from you know the the gas filler door which is inset at the top of the bed and boom that was at the very end of the video it was pretty dang cool yeah it's crazy how far it's come uh jeff what else you got to say as far as the parts business man
2: hey um as far as parts business again dot moz foreign on ebay jeff underscore at underscore mini garage on instagram or Jeff Rosenberger on Facebook, send me a message, find me in one of the, the Mazda pages or the Dotson pages, and we'll get you the parts you need.
0: Yeah, and uh, one more time, read off the, um, the uh, eBay store. Sorry.
2: foreign on eBay. Where the seller, the seller to be buying from.
0: I love it. Check them out, and uh, always good slapping hands with you. We're going to miss you at Biddy Nats this year, right? But we'll link up with you maybe later in the year.
2: Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll catch up. Uh, maybe uh, you' going to come up to the uh, the Goonies house for a month. You can rent that out,
0: dude. I'm I, I haven't talked about it, but like when last time I hung out with Mike, I said, Mike, you know, can I borrow your wallet real quick? And he thought I was messing around. Why I, I took photos of his credit card, dude. So I got the front and <laughs> back. So Hank is saying, hey, if we come up, that we could rent the house. But I mean, Mike's gonna blow a gasket, so I'll have to delete all this out. No one will hear it, but he's gonna blow a gasket, dude.
2: Right on it. hey I want to thank you again for the new merch I love that Mazda shirt
0: yeah we appreciate it check us out our com. my last thing is I love the last mini garage shirt uh I recently got it back out because I'm gonna be rocking it driving the Lincoln um we need to get headbands dude I love the logo but I could see like a like a Daniel Larusso deal have the headband yeah. coming around with it tied dude yeah. we, we need to get a headband for one of these shows you know what I mean <laughs> so, we definitely should. listen, give uh, give Cobb, aka Jacob, give him a, a fist bump from OLP. You guys stay on I the will. rise, and I uh, can't wait to hear what you guys got going down soon. Jiz F, great, thanks, brother. Take care, man. All right, yo, thanks, Jiz F, for coming on the podcast. We're getting ready to roll into Adam's audio. Uh, a couple quick updates the eBay store that Jeff mentioned, I kept getting it wrong. It's DAT. MAZ foreign f o r e i g n i'm going to put a link to that in the show description so if you do want to check him out he's got uh, almost 60 positive reviews and everything's all positive five stars on there but it's dat for you know short for dotson and then maz foreign so thanks again Joseph. if you are uh, going to mini nats uh, this weekend we I want to give a huge shout-out uh, to Asphalt Army, uh, Hammered Weekend Wear, Lay-in Frame Candles, and OLP. We have partnered up, and we're not doing a VIP party this year, so to speak, but what we are doing is if you spend a minimum of $45, uh, you'll get free tacos. So for every $45 spent at any of the four vendors, Hammered Weekend Wear, OLP, Asphalt Army, or Lay-in, Frame candles, you can get on uh, Saturday, you will uh, get the Malloy's Barbecue. You'll get two tacos, chips, queso, and a drink. So literally, you're probably going to go to these various vendors like OLP. You're going to spend some money. Maybe you're going to pick up a couple shirts. We got the new mini truck and hats. We're going to have skate decks, aluminum signs. We've literally just you know, we're, we're going to bring in everything but the kitchen sink because Mike won't let me bring the kitchen sink. But if you buy that merch uh, and you spend the $45, you are going to get a ticket for the free meal. If you spend like basically $90, you are going to get two free tickets. So come on out. You got a couple of choices. So it's not just us, it's the other vendors as well. Thanks to uh, Hammered Weekend Wear and Asphalt Army for really kind of pulling that together. Uh, really, really, really appreciate it. So, so there's that. And. Last but not least, you know, we always thank Lone Star Throwdown. They have the show every year in Conroe, but you may not know that they're having classic uh, truck throwdown. And what we want to reinforce with that is if you're going to be in uh, Texas, uh, the weekend, technically, kind of, I'm calling it 4th of July weekend. So it's June 30th, July 1st, July 2nd. That weekend is classic truck throwdown. And. What you may not know is they are taking trucks, any classic trucks. So if you subtract back 25 years, that's 1998 and prior. So mini trucks, uh, classic trucks, full-size trucks, it doesn't matter. Classic truck throwdowns going down. So we want to thank those guys for the continued support. Uh, They're on Instagram, of course, and they're going to take that same winning pedigree that they have for Lone Star Throwdown, and they're expanding it to classic truck throwdown so big ups to the kinfolk uh they'll be of course at mini nats with garage gear clothing that's their other brand so swing by there show them some love and let them know that olp sent you with that being said i think i dropped enough promos uh to all of our other sponsors we can't thank you guys enough we're keeping it light this week we'll be back lord willing in two weeks regular uh, regularly scheduled program already in progress Thank you guys for all the support. Let's roll into Adam's audio. Have a great weekend at Mini Nats. If you're on the way home or you're listening to this any other time, don't forget to put Southeast Mini Truck and Nats on your list of shows to attend at some point. It's amazing. ODB, we out here. you. Peace. Yo yo, as I said, I'm super excited. It's Mini Nats Week. Many of you are on the road, as I said earlier, or in flight. We got Adam Madrigal. Did I say that right? Yep. Hey, thanks so much for uh for coming on. I got a chance to meet you with our friend Brandon Burrell at SEMA a few years ago. And shout out to Brandon. He's doing big things, isn't he?
1: Yep. He's the new the new man over there at Street Trucks.
0: <laughs> oh, oh yeah. We appreciate you. Uh, sitting down with us, man. Um, For the listeners that may not know your name, Adam, do you mind just giving like a little backstory about yourself?
1: Yeah. So uh, I grew up in West Coast, obviously, but mostly San Diego. Grew up there when I was a kid and uh, saw, you know, San Diego was more like low riders back then. It wasn't as many, mini trucks. So that's kind of like what I was exposed to first and got into first. And a good buddy of mine he got a Nissan, but it was like lowrider style, you know, with like the sticky Audi wheels and, and then he did a dump bed and then he did a diamond Z rack and then he put hydraulics. And so then, you know, we grew up cruising Highland and national city down there in San Diego every Sunday. And so it was just, I had to have a lowrider. So then, uh, my first car was actually a Suzuki Samurai. That was my first car and uh, had 15 by 15 by tens on it. So <laughs> tuck and roll interior and you know, all the, puffy velour and system and all that stuff so that was my first car and then my first car club was actually just us which is like a really old school og club and uh as yeah as the years went by the club got like super hardcore because the guys that were in the club one of them owned a paint shop where benny flores painted so they painted rap Damn. he painted rap with envy and stuff really? so he was the president of our club and then the upholstery guy was ambi he was in the club so like all these guys had super crazy high-end cars and i was just a kid you know so i left the club because i just didn't feel right because all these guys had full-blown crazy show vehicles and i'm like man i Damn. can't even hang it was just depressing to be around these guys you know they're <laughs> like it's cool and i'm like man i can't hang with you guys so then uh i got out got rid of my samurai got a toyota uh benny flores actually painted it so then i had uh I was blessed enough to have a candy, you know, flake paint job by Benny back then. Wow. In like '80, So this was 1988 was uh, when I got that. And then I had that for about three years and I joined an all mini truck club, but it was all lowrider style, classic touch. And that was in Oceanside, California. And uh, so that's like northern San Diego. And it was all trucks. There was they didn't allow anything else. And then you had to have some kind of hydraulics to be in the club. So it was pretty cool because you either had to have a dancing bed or hydraulic suspension or, you know, stuff like that. Damn. And then my first job in the scene, because like I didn't know how to do this stuff, but I wanted to learn. So then there was a place called Custom Creations and uh, the guy named Dumbo over there. So he had a lowrider <laughs> shop in Escondido. I ended up working there, um, building my buddy's Nissan. So we built this truck called All Cracked Up that uh, ended up winning sweepstakes full custom in 1991. Damn. But um, So that was when I was first exposed to mini trucks in San Diego because Brian Gendro, he used to come by and use our brake at the shop because this is when Brian the chop shop was still in his garage. So then he would come by and he'd be like, Hey, can I use the brake?" And he'd be making a roll wow. pan. I saw his little Hilux and I was like, man, what is that? And he was just like, Oh, it's a mini truck. And I'm like, well, I really wasn't, I never saw like, you know, the pastel colors and the heartbeat and, you know, hot dog painted that thing. So it was like totally different style. So that's, it was kind of at that time where I started seeing a lot more mini trucks and low riding was pretty hardcore and a lot of gang bangers at all the shows and all that stuff. So then I kind of was like, ah, didn't go to as much stuff. And then after winning sweepstakes with that truck that I built with my buddy Mark, i mm-hmm. kind of got out of it. I moved to LA and then started going to mini truck runs and had way more fun because you know, girls and drinking and partying <laughs> yeah. and good yeah. times. So it just kind of, that's how it just kind of turned into mini truck stuff. And then uh, that truck that we built, we actually took to Rezzo one year. So we took a bunch of low riders to Rezzo back in the, when it was still Lake Paris back in the day. Okay. And uh, we actually won Best of Show with that Nissan. And a lot of mini truckers were mad because they're like, it's a freaking lowrider. <laughs> it's not a mini truck. And because we had all chrome and gold undercarriage and engraving. And but uh, so Pete had done the pinstriping on it. It was called All Cracked Up because where we did all the body mods that's where we did the paint job and then he pinstriped it and airbrushed it so it looked like it was cracked so like chunks so it looked like almost like you took chunks off and there was another paint job underneath it so (laughs) solid colors with graphics going through and then so that's where like Pete came over and did the pinstriping over so like everybody was right there in Escondido and then when I moved to LA I just kind of was like well I'm selling everything and I got tired of being chased because I had wire wheels and flake paint jobs and all that stuff and like I'm gonna build a mini truck, and so then uh, I ended up buying Eric Perkins' body drop Toyota. Oh yeah, from from down to earth. So that was my first mini truck, and it was uh, it was let's just say uh, back then they weren't built as nice as we build stuff now. <laughs> so yeah,
0: yeah, it's different. <laughs> it era. was
1: actually uh, it wasn't even really body dropped. It was channeled, and then it had like sheet metal. So the frame was up inside the cab. With just sheet metal over the frame. So the frame went in between your legs. So nice. you didn't lose headroom. So that was kind of cool. And I kind of wonder why more people didn't do that. Yep. So, uh, I completely redid that whole truck cause it was, uh, air shocks and hydraulics. And then it was just, it was kind of a boogered up mess. So we redid it all. And, um, Sean Mahaney actually redid the hydraulics. I took it over to CNC and he did all the hydraulics on it. Cause they had first come out with that, that manifold. Wow. You know, so like, so it's like all these big names. It's like, these are all the people that were like became homies. And I was exposed to all them, you know, it was like, Brian would come by the shop. And then I met Sean doing my truck. And then, you know, and then Courtney used to always hang out at Brian's when we'd go by his garage over there and do stuff. So it was kind of like, I was being exposed really fast to all the people that ended up becoming all the big players. in the like scene legends. And all
0: that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, so after going to a few runs, um, that's kind of where it all started. And I just kind of like, turned the page and I was like, okay, I'm going to go no more (laughs) lowriders. It's going to be all (laughs) new truck now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it is crazy. And some of those early days, you know, Adam, that when you guys were cruising, some of the areas you mentioned, you probably have to have fond memories of just like that was even before, you know, most people weren't even carrying like point and click cameras and stuff. But I mean, you probably, you have a damn good memory, but you probably have vivid memories of those old days, man.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, like if you had a cell phone, it was like in a bag. Right. You know, it had like a big battery and a big, <laughs> you carried a bag around. I mean, you know, we were barely having like pagers and stuff, so we didn't really have all that and we didn't have all these distractions and that's just what we looked forward to doing was cruising on Sundays and then they actually made it illegal. So I was there when they made that illegal and just this year, they I just repealed that. that law and the Lowrider Coalition won and it's repealed and they can now cruise Highland again on Sundays. So it's taken about 27 years. But they finally allow cruising again because, I mean, people just don't cruise. You know, you get all these idiots doing sideshows and burnouts and people getting hurt. And yep. Even Take when over like, drag racing yep. was popular, that was at least still safer than what they're doing now. Like even the Honda scene, they would at least go in the middle of nowhere and, you know, race in like an industrial neighborhood or something. But now it's just kind of gotten out of control.
0: <laughs> yeah. And for, I mean, it kind of got goosebumps because I, I read that story earlier this year. And for people that don't know, like what Adam's saying is, I forget what municipality it was, but like, you know, like you said, in Highland, they had an ordinance where they literally were not allowed to cruise. And I think they had even had cameras. And if you went like, let's say you drove past the strip one time and I believe if you came back the next time and it scanned the license plate twice, they could pull you over and and they
1: get serious. Don't they impound stuff there? Exactly. Yeah. You basically, you could go up and back. So you were a lot, because technically there's no law saying you couldn't go like, up to McDonald's, eat and, and come back home. So that, right. if they saw you if they saw you more than once each way. That home. was it. You were it getting over. To it. And it didn't take more than everybody tried to like fight it, but they really did make it miserable. And then the loitering too. So each club would hang out in different parking lots. You know, and then these are businesses that are closed at night on Sundays, but they still just started putting no loiter. They just made it harder and harder and harder. And I get it. You know, there was the gangs were bad and people that's when carjackings first started you'd see people getting yanked out of cars at streetlights and stuff so it just it did get pretty bad but it also was some of the best times and some of the funnest times and we didn't get in a lot of trouble because we were just cruising like that's all we would do there was really nothing else to do you know we didn't have facebook we didn't have this we didn't have that you know we just you just wanted to cruise and show off your car so like you clean your car all day sunday just so you could go cruise it on sunday night
0: oh yeah and something I want to hit upon, since you definitely have a little lineage there back to Lowriders, is that it's it was so cool to me, you know, being a big fan of, like, hip-hop music, especially the West Coast, seeing the Super Bowl a couple years ago when when you have Dr. Dre and crew, and you see these impalas there and stuff. I know there was a little controversy with that, but the point I'm yeah. getting at is, like, with Mr. Cartoon, right, we're seeing, like, these commercials now and on Instagram, like, where it's not that – Lowrider was already huge, But I've seen it even explode more since then and and I love seeing like Mr. Cartoon like doing some of the collabs with the LA Dodgers and stuff because that culture is so rich, man.
1: Yeah. It's been around forever and and it's a lot more chill now. Like gangs have chilled out. Like, you know, back then in the nineties, gangs were huge. So now it's it's really not like that. And the scene was always cool. Like I always enjoyed the scene. It was the crowd. It wasn't the owners of the cars. It wasn't the people showing the cars. It was just the crowd that it attracted. So unfortunately, you know, it was just it was pretty rough back then.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely you know. was. And and that's what, like, it was even cool. I know when Snoop had first, I guess, acquired Death Row or maybe before that, he was posting a lot of videos because, you know, he's real big in the cars and stuff. And it was almost mind-blowing to me. Now, granted, there could have been some guys off camera, but it looked like he was even, like, cruising the shows, like, by himself. Like, he was hanging out and... Long Beach Lloyd was there. He's kind of got a bigger stature now. And like, it was kind of mind blowing to me, but to your point, it's gangs might be big in certain areas, but it's not like what it used to be like with them, like carjacking people right there in in broad daylight.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't, it it was, it was really out of control back then. You know, it was, it it was hardcore. And unfortunately that scene attracted those people. And so it just kind of, it messed it up for all the car owners and all the you know car enthusiasts, because, you know, there wasn't, that many actual gang members like in clubs, but then it just got associated with it. And then just because, you know, because it got associated, it just all went downhill from there. And it was just kind of like, man, but you know, and then back then too, like mini trucks to me, they were low riders back then. We all had, you know, 15 by eight, 15 by 10 wheels sticking out. We just had static drops. There was no C knots, step knots laying on the ground, no adjustable suspension. I mean, you had hydraulics, just to go up and down but it wasn't like to lay on the ground like
0: it exactly is, you
1: know like back then it was just even lowriders like when i first redid my body drop truck i'd moved to la and i was cruising and i saw all these low riders come by one day and i go man i jumped in my truck and i chased them down because <laughs> that truck used to three wheel like super high and it would like drag the roll pan so yeah yeah wow. i chased them down and it was king t and they were filming a king t video oh, on westchester parkway so wow. Westchester Parkway wasn't opened yet. It was a brand-new street right behind LAX, and it was, like, blocked off. Well, they got a permit, and they went. And so I went, and like, three-wheeled, turned the corner, and they were like, oh, man, come here. And when I laid <laughs> it on the ground, they all, like, freaked out. They are like, what the hell? This thing lays on the ground? Oh, my God. Like, they were freaking out. That's like, awesome. Because they have never seen anything body dropped, you know, because when they lay it out, it can still roll. So <laughs> Yeah.
0: And shout-out to King T. It's so awesome to see, like, Ice-T and some of the – OGs, like he was, you know, he was in that era, like right around when NWA came out and Ice T and all those guys. So, uh, yep. but he's got such classic music, especially in the lowrider Rider culture. And uh, it's cool to see. You well, know, and then his, with all his,
1: the big stereos, you know, you had yes. like Rodney O and Joe Cooley and Eric B. And all that stuff was just because of the bass. You just, that's what you, you had to have because. Everybody. That's all everybody had was a stereo back then I mean even my Suzuki I didn't have a back seat It was yeah. all speakers <laughs>
0: Yeah do you remember too Adam I was talking to my Buddy Kirk the other day and we were talking about Back in the day remember when Suzuki's, they had that, like, even with the Geos, I think when they came out, they were like, oh, these there's a high turnover rate and they could flip over. And I remember that, like, spreading like wildfire. And I don't even know if it was ever true <laughs> when they were no, saying, like, they could they flip. They were
1: super sketchy. Like, that was the excuse I used to tell my parents why I needed <laughs> to lower it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go.
0: There's the official word. I like it. Yeah. And, and I always <laughs> remember hearing that. And I was always like, man, but we still see him cruising around. And we had our friend Kurt. Uh, Kurt Crucial, he has a big YouTube channel that's grown, and he had one that was in the NWA movie, but I guess it was like you could barely see it in a scene, and then he had sold it, and then he had acquired another one, and his has all the subs in the back. And, man, it just yeah. has the perfect colors. And I'm like, with the 80s and 90s, nostalgia so big. Like, what you're saying is just like, man, it's it was an epic era, but I'm glad to see, like, a lot of it has come full circle.
1: Yeah, a lot of it's coming back around. Like, you see... You know, and like, I'm finally seeing body mods come back. It's like, I feel like we just went through this like short spin of just, but I mean, I'm not, not knocking it, you know, <laughs> but I just feel like it was just a bunch of stock laid out trucks. You know, it's like you just buy a brand new truck laid out and you're done. You got a show vehicle. And I'm like, man, whatever happened to like, you had to do body mods and you had to do this and you had to do that. So it's like, you know, and then like my buddy Brett, he just bought the stranger. So it's like, so cool. Yes. To see it out here. Yeah. And he's like showing it. You know, and then you got cookies. He's showing on the, I asked a show scene. Like that's, that's hard stuff to do. He's doing it with a mini truck. I mean, Eddie's killing it. So seeing that is like, man, it brings back just awesome memories when we all like, you know, we had chrome undercarriage and all this. And we painted our gas cans and water cans and had displays and ropes. And we had to bring another truck just to carry our display. You know what I mean? So it's like, to me that was a show vehicle so when people say oh i got a show truck and i'm like well no if you can drive it every day and you know you can fix it and you can do all this stuff to it and everything's not one-off it's not a show vehicle so like i mean i get it i like that too and it made the scene evolve and then now the chassis scene like chassis are just like huge now because people realize like it's better safer cleaner instead of just butching up you know, yes. a whole brand new chassis. Just buy a new chassis. <laughs> just, exactly.
0: And then with know. with companies like the Roadster Shop, it's just like it's just we would have never thought you could just be like, yeah, I want a chassis for a ninety Mazda. It's just like boom, you know. Yeah. But like you said, shout out to Brett. Um, we've done I think one collab pr- post with him. He had it. You know, uh, I, I know Juan Trevino and so many guys were out at. Uh, the Roadster show this year and it was yep. cool to see Stranger there. And then you said, I think you were talking about Eddie Gordy with cookies and cream, you know, yep. the amount of hustle that it takes. And and then our, um, our buddy, Tom Jenkins had bought that old truck far from losing. That really was a time capsule. It had never, he probably had to clean the gas tank and that type of stuff, but he's, you know,
1: he's back out showing that. Exactly. That was one of my favorite trucks. Yeah. Far from losing was always like the coolest thing because yes. that was when people say tube chassis, that literally has yes. a two chassis. You know, a the graphics, guy that built it, yeah. him and his son built doom buggies. So it's yeah, like, you know. I remember seeing that for the first time and I was like, what is Dude. this? Like, because yeah. that goes back to when like, you know, like when we used to go to the, like the Del Mar show and all that, there would be like a Chevy love with like a small block in the back of the bed. Stuff yes. like that. You know, you get all these radical, just crazy mods and stuff. And then that's where we would get ideas, you know? So, and then like, when I, my grandma and grandpa lived in Oceanside. So then that's when I met Derek. And so Derek was always like doing all this crazy stuff with rap with envy. And then (laughs) since I knew the guys building it, I knew what was going on behind the scenes. And it was just, Derek actually helped us get sponsored, um, by roadster wire wheel when they were like, came out with their new wire wheels to compete against Dayton. Like he got me hooked up with that. So growing up with all these people, it just makes you look at things a lot differently. And, and then shake your head at a lot of stuff too. You know, I'm old now. I'm, I'm 51, so I've been doing this quite a long time. And it is cool though to see all the old stuff, like the styles come back. Like if you see a mini truck now and it's got a body kit, instead of being like, ah, oh, it's whack, you're gonna be like, dang, I wonder where he found that. You know, right, even though it's right. not like it's not the it's not. I don't think it'll ever become huge again. But like just to like the restore the something or find something that's just still left and not destroyed, or all the guys with the the rosa kits that you saw. Like when I saw those in Maggie Valley a couple of years ago, there's like five of them. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it is crazy. And it's funny. Cause if you think back to like, I remember the early nineties, mid nineties, when I was getting into stuff like, you know, Mustangs and they had that, those gto or whatever the brand was a little head cover or the headlight covers and yep. and some of that stuff but now like you it's hard pressed to go on instagram and open it and you see all the videos and you see like i call it like the menace to society mustang you know like you said that yeah kind of the reverse offset wheels wire wheels and like like even though i kind of got away from all that stuff i do look at it and go man like an eighty nine ninety mustang drop top with some wires on it yeah. like that it's just like yep. man the nostalgia is like instantly back man
1: yeah, my buddy Greer had one in high school, and I always loved that car, and that's all he did. He just put some wire wheels on it sticking out, and some Flowmasters, and it was like Boom. the coolest car, because he had a convertible Mustang with Dayton's. It's like, man, who has that? Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I know. You know.
1: That was like, back then, that was our version of like, the guys that take just a stock truck and lay it out, even exact- though that's a lot more expensive, but still, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. You mentioned Delmar. I've always wanted to visit there, and obviously, it's like a... You know, I, I follow Tony Hawk. I got a lot of respect for him. Like he's a guy that, you know, took some, you know, along the way, like some guys, you know, looked at him and they're like, oh, you're a sellout. You're this, you're that. But I mean, he, he like a true pioneer in um, skateboarding, but Del Mar, yep. there's a lot of roots there. And even back to the BMX stuff. Um, did you oh, yeah. ever see or get the experience any of that kind of stuff?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I rode bikes all over San Diego. So when I, when I, when I was, my first went to San Diego, I lived in Chula Vista. So Eddie and Mikey King, the King brothers, they rode for Diamondback. They rode Honda Hill right behind me. John Phillips lived behind there. I actually was a witness of John Phillips getting hit on his motorcycle. Really? And then you had Mike Dominguez. Mike Dominguez had that Raspberry 720. So So yeah. like we'd see him at the skate parks. No So way. BMX and mini trucks, they were all like one and one back then. Like if you had a mini truck, you had a bike in the back too. You know what I mean? So it was just, and then all the skate parks disappeared because of like insurance reasons and everything. So like, now it's so crazy for me to see skate parks at like public parks now. And nobody's getting sued. I'm like, but back then they shut all the skate parks down because nobody could have insurance. So like, yeah, we would go to Del Mar and you would see those guys there. And, and then you had like Hoffman, he had a house right in Carlsbad. You'd see it on the side of the freeway. So his half pipe, his half pipe was next to the freeway. It would almost cause accidents because you'd be cruising down the freeway. You'd see him in the and air. Bikes flying up in the air next to the freeway, <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> dude. Well, that's crazy to me too. Because when I watched this just over a year ago, I think the Tony Hawk um, documentary on HBO came out, and I mean, we all knew, but it was crazy that skateboarding got so big in the '80s. Pal Peralta, all of this stuff blew up, and then like towards the late. 80s early 90s like when i would hear like it started like drying up and these guys weren't even able to barely afford food right because of the money coming in i was like how but i've heard that a little bit that a lot of it had to do with the skate parks when they closed then people were just like they they got out of skateboarding you know it's just insane
1: yeah they all closed and then that's when everybody started building their own ramps so then you just and then if you had a ramp like some of my buddies that had ramps in their backyard they had to put like chains and fences like people they would literally just come home and somebody (laughs) be skating in their backyard right people would just they would just go into people's yards and skate their ramps (laughs) yeah
0: and like you know the parent you can imagine your parents going when i was when i was younger my parents would always say well you know you got to be careful having your friends over because you know if they get hurt on the lake or something they could sue us and you're as a kid you're like whatever but then you know you get older and you realize that does happen you know someone slips and falls the insurance company goes well we'll just sue your insurance company for half a million dollars it's like Exactly. Really, I mean, come on. But um, one cool story was we we tried to, when when we started the podcast about eight years ago, we tried to get our merch going, and it just was it was too early. Long story short, fast forward a few years, we go, hey, we're going to come out swinging. So I had this idea to do Mike Dominguez's truck, like a basically like a two artwork. Had the front artwork was a tilt bed, and the back was the backside of the tilt bed, and we put the bike in it. And what was cool is it was real successful. And years later I met Mike Dominguez and I was going to, I said, man, you're not on social media. He goes, yeah, I'm not. And I said, well, I want to make sure you get a shirt. And and his buddy goes, I bought him one. He goes, when I saw that shirt come out. So then he bought him the shirt. And then about a year, year and a half ago they had some event in California and he was wearing the shirt, dude. OLP. Nice. And I was like, man, I would (laughs) have never thought like, you know, it's crazy how things go full circle, but, um, when you started going to mini truck shows, like were there a few that stuck out to you? Like, did you get a chance to go to some of the spring splashes and the cow truck jams?
1: Oh, of course, every single <laughs> one. So we were always at the California Truck Jamboree. We were, I mean, we had a big show every month. So it's like seductive, put on in the summer, and then you yep. had spring splash, and then you had your West Coast Nationals, and then you had Rezo. It's like once I like got into it, oh, I was all about it. It was every month, ever. I mean, back then there was a cruise night or a car wash every weekend. Like we used to go cruise Tustin, which is over by Irvine. It's this giant parking lot. Okay. And then that's where I first saw ballistic. Oh, and then, wow. So ballistic, his hood didn't fit and my hood did. So then I put a sticker on my grill that says, yes, my hood does fit." And he kind of got mad at me because I, I like parked right in front of him at taco bell and like aired out. And then everybody's like, man, you got leg room and he doesn't have no leg room. And I was like, well, I don't know. This is channeled and that's bodied. It's just different, but the same. Like, so it was just kind of cool back then to be around all these cuisine trucks that everybody's like, oh, that's legendary. But it's like, well, to us, it was just like the homies are like people we saw every weekend. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like a big deal. So yeah. Well, it was just definitely different times.
0: Yeah. And for those that are on their way or in flight to mini Nats and you're listening to this day one, you guys know on the last episode, we hinted a little bit with our friend Randy. I mean, there's going to be some big stuff. It ties into that truck 30 years ago. And it is crazy to me that some of the stuff is stuck. Like, you got a great memory. Some of the stuff is, like, so stuck in our minds. Is there maybe one truck that, like, always stuck out to you or car or lowrider that was maybe your favorite,
1: Adam? Man, that would be <laughs> hard.
0: Yeah, right? I, know. I
1: was going to say, if it's if it's a truck, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, Here's a crazy story that no one's ever heard that. I was invited, because we won sweepstakes, Lowrider was changing the Lowrider rules. Okay. So this is at a time when there was, you know, we had full custom, radical custom, stock, mild, wild, all that stuff. So we got invited to the meeting that Lowrider had to rewrite the rules because we had won sweepstakes. And they wanted to retire Derek because Derek was beating everybody. So when Derek won the last time, he had beat Punch 84. We heard that Punch 84 mortgaged his house to redo that entire truck so that he could win sweepstakes. Well, back then you had to qualify in order to be in sweepstakes. So you had to place in the top three at two super shows in order to go to sweepstakes. So Derek, this is when he redid the entire truck minus the paint job in 10 days. So what he did, I can, I can let this out. I don't know if people know, but this is kind of cool. So what he did is, His camper shell used to spin. He took that part off and he bolted the camper shell on. He put a plexiglass window on the back hatch and he just had it airbrushed and hand-painted with gold leaf. It said, do not unwrap till Super Show 90... It was either 91 or 92. So he said, do not unwrap. And then he showed it like that because he knew he would qualify. Well, in the meantime, he had a complete chassis, complete new motor, so that blown motor that's all chrome and gold plated Ah. and the gold frame and all that, he was building that whole frame at the shop called The Cruising Connection in National City, which was the cousin of Nasty Boys, where Benny Flores worked. And this guy, Amby Flores, rest in peace, he owned a place called The Cruising Connection in National City. So Derek paid him to put up a big tarp and basically block off the back half of his shop. And he hid Rap-A-B-Indy, well, half of Wrap With Envy back there while they gold plated the frame and did all this stuff, started building a whole new interior and everything while he still showed the truck because he qualified. Wow. So he qualifies in Texas. And then obviously Punch eighty four is from Texas. It's a it's a full size square body. And he thought he would win. So then Derek, as soon as he qualifies, he just beelines it back to San Diego, takes the truck there, they take the cab and the bed, bolted onto the whole new chassis that's chrome and gold plated with a cab that tilts and the front end that spins and all this stuff, and then put new interior in it. So when he shows up at the next show two weeks later. It's literally a completely new truck with just the same paint job. (laughs) Like it's freaking insane. Like the amount of time and money Like to watch that happen was like, this guy is crazy. And then when we get to LA, we're inside, it's got a car cover on it. He wins sweepstakes and punch 84 is all pissed off. Well, the rules say the truck has to run. Well, nobody was paying attention because there's no gas tank. So they're yelling and screaming, there's no gas tank, <laughs> it's got to run. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. They're screaming, throwing a big fit. Derek fires it up after he takes it off the jet stand. He fires it up and did a little freaking burnout real quick. There's like a one or two gallon gas tank underneath the dash. Uh. Which I don't know, I'm assuming it's probably still like that now that Fester has it. I'm not, I haven't seen the trucks. Right, the right. So the, the like, that's, I, that's insane. that truck and the stories I have with Derek and that truck, like it's just it's insanity. So, so fast forward to this meeting. We're at the meeting. They're like, okay, we're going to rewrite the rules. And they're like, Derek, we'd like you to retire because <laughs> he won. He, he won so many times and he was pissed. And this, I'll never forget this. Cause I like about shit. My pants, the, the rules state that in order to win sweepstakes over and over, you have to do like one major mod and four minor mods. Okay. <laughs> And they told Derek they want to retire him. They're like, well, we'll still have you display that." He's like, this is bullshit. I still have, like, 30 more mods I want to do with the truck. <laughs> and all of us just kind of, like, looked at each other like, what in the... Uh, like, what else can you do? I, <laughs> like, like, what else can you do? And he, he didn't do it because they retired him. So it's just... That was just insanity. So yes. I was just like, dude, I, I just like... That's, that's the greatest of all time right there. Because you're basically forcefully retired. That's like... Like, like, like Tom Brady after, after like, to retire.
0: yeah, it would be like if Tom Brady won, like, three back-to-back, and they're like, hey, dude, you're yeah. done, dude. It's like, come on, that exactly. just doesn't happen.
1: So they forced Rap with Envy to stop showing.
0: <laughs> dude, and that's, like, the one word that comes is, like, passion, dude. Like, even, like you said, Eddie yeah. Gordy and, you know, you know Tom's kind of, you know, he told me a couple years ago, hey, he's a newcomer to Mini trucking but I tell people that it takes so much time to go to these shows, the fuel, the trailers, the setup time, the breakdown time, you know, all of that.
1: The amount of money and sacrifice is enormous.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you said earlier, you know, none of us are getting any younger and it's like, even me, like, you know, I like the cool stuff. I like seeing it more because I'm like, man, I don't know if I got the energy to, to do all of that, but it's, it's great to see, man.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it takes, it takes a ton of time, you know, and like I'm, I'm into bikes too. So I do a little bit of both. so. I go to bike shows, car shows, and I guess since it turned into my living, you know, because back then, um, when I first went to go work at that shop, I didn't know nothing. And I walked in there at Custom Creations and I was like, hey, man, you know, can I get a job? And he was just like, what do you know? I was like, nothing. I was oh, like, I wow. just want to learn how to do this. Yeah. He's like, well, what do you want? I was like, man, I said, dude, you, you don't even got to pay me. I was like, I just want to work on my own truck because I used to DJ. So I'm like, well, I'll DJ at night. I'll make really? money at night and I'll come work here during the day. So he's like, okay. So I worked there for about three or four months and I was working on my buddy's truck on that Nissan just doing that because I'm like, well, this will save him money and I'm learning and you just kind of learn a little bit of everything. And then after about like seven months, he's like, okay, well you can work here. So then I ended up working there for a few years before I moved to LA. And then when I moved to LA, ironically, I worked at another custom creations, not the same franchise. and spelled wow. differently. So San Diego is spelled with a K and then I moved to LA and it was spelled with a C. And uh, the owner of that shop was Chris Klein. And he was, uh, he was pretty popular in the scene, too. Like, if, if you see um, a big lifted Toyota with a blower sticking out of the hood with a V8 with a matching jet ski, and you oh, see it, uh, yeah. like, spring splash... Yeah, I've seen those old cool. photos. So that's... He was always... You know, we were always at the runs. He always had a vendor booth and all that. Uh, he passed away in a boating accident. So Damn, rest in peace. Collins. Man. Yep.
0: Yeah, but you so know something...
1: my mentor.
0: <laughs> yeah, something I gotta... I mean, dude, the cool thing is, like, you remember so many people... And I think some people do tend to forget this. I mean, it's one thing if you forget because of memory. But, like, you you realize, like, a lot of guys and, like, the legends you were kind of around, like, y- you haven't ever forgotten those guys, you know? Yeah. Which I think is great. For sure. Now, for the listeners, um, I we want to talk about in just a moment about extreme lows because for those that don't know – Uh, you know, he's going to get, Adam's going to give us the lowdown on, on how extreme lows um, started. But I wanted to ask you this, my understanding talking with you um, with Brandon Burrell and thanks to Brandon, I got a chance. One of my bucket list things was even though to some may not be a big deal. I always wanted to do like the cruise out, you know, for SEMA and we had a lot, a lot of good time, good conversation. But my understanding is you've known Danny Coker a long time and you've even worked for him. And I think you're still working for him.
1: Yeah. Yep. So Danny, when I first moved to Vegas, um, I ended up working for Sal. I don't know if you've had Sal on here too. He's another mini trucker. Well, so so I, I ended up happily. working for him for, a, yeah, So I worked for him for a little bit at his shop. And then, uh, Joe Musso, you know, he was another mini trucker. So me and him yeah. opened our shop and we ended up, I ended up meeting Danny by accident. Cause my Harley, I had a custom Harley then and it had a warranty issue. And so uh, they're like, Oh, you could take it to this place. Evil twin. This was before he had counts customs. It used to be called evil twin. And oh, yeah. So I showed up there with my Harley to get my clutch fixed because the place that I bought my bike at went out of business and they go, you can go to this place, evil twin. And so I go into this warehouse and I'm like, Holy crap. Yeah. It's a bike shop, but there's like 50 cars over on the side, you know? And I'm like, what the hell is this place? And so <laughs> that's when I met Danny and uh super cool, super chill guy. Like you'd never know. Like, you know, everybody's like, Oh, he's a rich guy and whatever. But like Danny's like the most down to earth, like, cool dude you'd ever freaking meet. And so I ended up bagging one of his cars because he goes, Oh, will you do all that airbag stuff? And I'm like, yeah. So me and Joe had opened our shop. And so he brought me his car and I bagged his Cadillac for him. And then he brought me another car. I think I bagged I think I bagged his merc, his Cadillac, his flower car. Wow. Which a flower car is like a flower car is a is a Cadillac that they cut into an El Camino. It's it's to carry the yes. casket. So yes. they put the casket and all the flowers so he has one of those. And so I bagged that too. And then about me and Joe had our shop for about a year and a half. And then, uh, I, I ended up doing like not a lot of work for Danny, but I would see him all the time. And then I would go to bike shows with them too. Cause I had a bike and, uh, he bought another building. So in the complex that he's in, if you've ever been yes. there, he owns four buildings in there now. Well, at the time he only owned one and then he bought one more and one more. So when he bought it, he goes, "Oh, hey, you guys should move on over here and just move your shop into one of my buildings. That when you're right next door. And like, I, I thought it was like joking. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm like, man, I can't afford this place. And so he's like, man, just move in and you could just work it off on cars or whatever. So he pretty much gave me and Joe the opportunity wow. to have a big bitchin' shop and uh, not have to come out of pocket as, as much. I mean, but back then, you know, stuff was only like 50 cents a square foot back then when we moved here in like 2000. So yeah, so me and Joe moved in there and Danny was my landlord for a long time and then uh years and years later he opened his shop and then years later i ended up going to work for him you know and he would always joke and be like oh come to work for me I was like oh you can't afford me and you know because i kind of got out of the car scene for a while i was working in the convention industry out here in vegas and i was just doing cars on the side when the economy took a dump me and joe shut the shop down and went back to work and so uh we were welding these big tent brackets and these air conditioner cages, which was ironic, that our company ended up getting the SEMA contract. So the oh, big wow. giant tent, that huge tent that you'd see behind SEMA, that big long one that's like a quarter mile long with oh, the yeah. Air conditioning. So that's what I would always set that up. Wow. So then every year I'm still like working at SEMA now, even though I'm not building cars. And I was like, oh man. So I would still get to see all my friends and all my buddies, and you know, I just pretty much I know a lot of people in a lot of different scenes, being that from motorcycles to lowriders to mini trucks and all that and then uh yeah and then I end up working for Danny so then uh you know as everybody knows he's got a TV show now so then I end up being on TV for a few seasons and all that good stuff and you know it's it's cool and people think a lot of that stuff's fake and we really build all those cars and it's a really giant giant stressful job and you know back when the show started they were just kind of doing decent cars just quickie paint jobs and stuff but now I mean we are building full frame off you know, the, the Chevelle that we took to SEMA this year was roaster shop chassis, LS3, BMW M6 interior because the customer wanted seat be- shoulder belts. So we ended up putting BMW seats so he could have shoulder belts in it. And, you know, it's was, it was a quarter million dollar car. So wow. the cars that are built there now are definitely way, 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 way beyond what they used to be. And uh, they've always been known for building choppers and motorcycles. And, and if anybody knew, the way everything kind of happened is... So that's how Ryan ended up there, too. So Ryan's right. another mini trucker. And, you know, and then Ghetto Bob, Bob is there. Yeah. Ghetto Bob from Negative Camber, and he's another mini trucker. So that all kind of started because, way, so you reverse and go back to when I was in LA, um, I saw the rodeo, the Lodeo, Lomigo. Yeah, I Lomigo. Saw that yeah, Rob Splash. rodeo. So I saw Rob's Lodeo at, at Spring Splash one year. And so then I just called Ryan in Texas and I was like, hey, man, you want to fly out here to LA and paint a boat? <laughs>
0: like,
1: wow! i go i want you to paint this 32 foot warlock that my boss had and uh we sanded it down and we painted it white and base coated it and then we flew ryan out i'd never even known him i just i saw what he did and i'm like man we need to do this on a boat because at that time um my boss had peewee paint everything and peewee's name is <laughs> steve demand who now owns color king's so ah. people, i i called him Wee, so he was the homie but he worked for stillwell so they used to do that type of paint job with like the straight lines and the fake Damn. and all that type of stuff and then now he became a big lowrider painter and uh but that's the type of painting my boss had done and i'm like no man you got to have this guy ryan come and you got to see this tribal stuff and these checkers and era. and he's like i don't know man so flew <laughs> ryan out ryan painted the boat the thing was bananas. It was a pickle fork, so it had flames coming off the front, tribals going down the side, checkers around the back. It looked like a giant mini truck. It was so wow. awesome. Like, and my boss actually didn't like it. And Ryan, Ryan could tell. He goes, "Dude, he doesn't like it." He was like whispering to me, and I'm like, "Who cares? It's badass." And like, <laughs> he got he got used to it. He just wasn't used to it because he's kind of old school. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. He was just like he was kind of like in shock. But then the first time he took it to Havasu and put that thing on the water, it was just like game over. And then. And then tribals became like a thing. Like now you see sticker tribals and all that. So it was kind of crazy that I feel like Ryan had painted one of the first big boats with a crazy graphic tribal paint job all over it. And, and back then, you know, house of colors was like 40 bucks a court, you know, not 400. Mm-hmm. So everything was just totally different. And then, so when I moved to Vegas, Danny wanted some stuff painted and I was like, Hey, I got a guy. And so that I had Ryan come out here and I kept telling Ryan to follow me, but, He followed chop shop instead. So instead of going to LA, he moved to San Diego right next door to chop shop. And then he stayed there for a while. And then he ended up moving finally to LA three years later. And then he was moved into West coast old building when, when Ryan from West coast moved out. Uh And then, so then when I came here, I'm like, dude, you got to come to Vegas. I'm like, this guy's got a bitch and paint booth. He's got a ton of cars. I'm like, you'll end up doing a bunch of Harleys and then you can still paint for me too. So then Ryan came out here and he was actually my roommate for about, about six or seven months while he looked for a place. Mm-hmm. And then he got a place. And so then, yeah, so Joe Musso was a really awesome single color painter. So then we would do all the body mods, shave it, block it, paint it. And then Ryan would come next door and do the graphics and the airbrushing and all that stuff. So you see, like, Sal's Mazda. Uh, and this was right after he did, like, Steel Flame and all yes. that. So he had just moved He moved to Vegas right after he did Captain's Truck. So he did Steel Flame. Okay. Then he did Captain's yes. Toyota. And then he moved to Vegas. So if you ever look on the back of captain's Toyota, Ryan always did the $100 yes, bill. Yes, the $100 bill. Yep. If you look on captain's truck, it's a $2 bill. It says the end of an era. So that was the last vehicle to be painted in LA.
0: Damn, that's badass. Yeah, I didn't know all of that history. And what's cool is with, from like Lomigo to even, like you said, Steve Platt, we had him on recently and we talked about Steel Flame. It's so cool. And I always knew... That Ryan, you know, had that lineage kind of to there. And then, you know, with Ghetto Bob, we always remember his blue S10, kind of the first street trucks. They, you know, Courtney, you know, those guys are all intertwined, but it's crazy to think like the talent came from, like you said, Texas, Southern California and everything. And Danny really has to me, like when I see the show, I respect like even the bike, the one guy there that does a lot of the bikes, like the heavier set guy. Yeah. Like, dude, there's, there's a lot of talent
1: there, man. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's just funny that like, it's a bunch of mini truckers, man. Like, you know, (laughs) people are like, "Oh, hot rodders is not." I'm like, "Dude, we all come from somewhere." But it's like, at one point, like, we had. So I'm in Extreme Lows. Bob was in Camber. My mechanic was in Freaks of Nature. (laughs) Like, it was like it was all mini truckers working there. It was like, like. (laughs) Stop stop giving us crap. Just because we build like seventies looking hot rods doesn't mean that out in the parking lot there's not a bunch of bag laid out stuff out front. You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> yeah.
0: I would tell the listeners if you ever go to SEMA or you're in Vegas, um we went my wife went to SEMA one year and before like that last day to fly home, we had a few hours in the morning, so we went over the, the big misconception that I had was the inside the shop is awesome, but when you do get to the complex and you stand out front, the way TV is, it kind of makes it, it seems like it's even bigger out there, but I'm like, wow, everything is right there. And then you go yep. in and it just was crazy to see all the cars and stuff. And, um, you can tell i whenever i see danny talk like he seems like a really positive dude like he can always compliment anybody even if it's you know maybe not worthy of a crazy compliment but he seems like a real nice guy and it's got to be cool that you've known him for a little over 20 years
1: yeah over yeah over 20 and then uh he's just he's just super cool you know and people think like oh he's just this rich guy it's like no he has multiple multiple businesses anybody that's in the car business should know the car businesses don't make that much money. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So he's got a bar, he's got a tattoo shop, he's got a restaurant, he's, he's in got a, band. a recording studio. Yeah. He's got, he's got a lot, a lot of stuff that he's got on his table. And you know, the dude, he's a workaholic, man. Dude works just crazy, crazy, crazy. So, you know, you, you, you get what comes to you and it's kind of cool. Cause he just, he kind of just lets us do our thing. He comes in and says, here's the work orders. Here's this, this, and this. And then if it's, if it's a certain color that he wants to change or whatever, but he really respects like the vision, Ryan's vision, my vision, Bob's vision. He really lets us do like kind of whatever. Like he, we, we know what Danny wants. So that's what we're going to do. You know, you see a lot of comments that are like, Oh, you guys don't bag nothing and you don't do this. And he always uses Craiger wheels. And why don't you put billets? And why don't you do that? But the thing is, there's, there's five or six other shows that already have that. Yes. So the thing is, we do that. People don't see that on TV because we don't put that on TV. Yep, yep. Obviously, obviously we do that. Everybody wants, you know, a roaster shop chassis, a big bill that breaks and all this stuff. So we do that. But this the show is based on the 70s style, which Danny keeps alive and that's what he likes. Oh, so he yeah. likes old bands and he likes choppers and that's what he likes. That's what we build, and those are the customers that come to us. We don't build these cars. To what Danny wants, this is what the customers want. Right. So when people go online and start knocking <laughs> cars and knock it, you're like, dude, we give the customers exactly what we want. When someone says it would look way better with these wheels, yeah, you're right. But the customer chose that. Like, and a lot of times we get that customer because of the show. You know, they like they want this style or that style, you know? Yeah. It's just like if you want this crazy, you know, just badass, full blown show car that's gonna just kill it. Cool. Then go to Ken Diggit and get that done for half a million to a million bucks. You know, there's there's a shop for everybody. Sure. And he's got a bunch of mini truckers working there too, and we're cool with them too. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> it's cool that like it's cool that like behind the scenes we're all cool with each other. All these different TV shows, we all say what's up. We all like each other. We all hang out. And then online, you just see the things that people say, and you're like, God, it's just it's not really reality. You know what I mean? Know. So it's crazy. It's just cool that we know the truth and we're all homies and everybody's got their niche and everybody's shop is good at what they do there. If, if they think they're the best, cool. I don't ever think that I'm the best or we're the best or whatever. Everybody's got their own style and some people build it by hand and some people use computers and stuff. I don't, I don't care how it gets done. We're all enthusiasts. We're all in this giant um, automotive industry and whether it's a low rider or a mini truck or a hot rod or a motorcycle, it's got wheels and a motor. I'm in. Let's go. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to my buddy Ruben today because it's like I got my whole Lincoln addict brand and I post Lincolns. And it's funny because lately, if I post a stock Lincoln, I get a lot more traction, right? Because there's, now there's a lot more older people, 50, 60, 70. I don't say old as in, I mean, there's people though yeah. that, you know, they think they're old. I think we're young minded. But the, <laughs> the crazy thing is, is that it's like, I was talking to my buddy I was like I could almost do a whole podcast on when when you do lowered vehicles it like triggers people I don't know what it is yeah. and like with yeah. some of these people that follow my link page are like oh the car is ruined how are you going to go over speed bump all that stuff and it's <laughs> like sometimes I've had to like teach myself just to kind of back down and just go oh thumbs up rock on cool exactly. because it's like you get into these like little arguments with people and like you said with social media, it allows for everyone to have that fence where they can't. They're not talking to your face. and They're like, "Oh, that's a piece yeah. of shit," and this and that. It's like you know yeah. damn well they wouldn't ever come up to Danny and the crew and say that stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twenty years ago, I I knocked out a guy at Blood Drag for running his mouth on Street Source magazine. <laughs> so after so after that, well, because he thought he could hide because it was the internet, you know, and everybody can do a little bit of research and I'm not very computer savvy. I I could barely do a damn attachment or whatever. I, I don't <laughs> like computers. Right. So, you know, I saw his car on there and then you saw his car club, you know? So months goes by and he ran his mouth and talked all this shit. And I just tapped him on the shoulder and said, Hey, you want to say it to my face now? And that was the end of that, you know, and I'm too old for that now, but it's like, it just made me learn like, you know what? Just, just be humble, be cool. Like, the, the era that we grew up in and when mini trucking started, we could go to a truck run, go to anybody's camp, any club, any, what didn't even matter. You could just pass right through. No <laughs> right. one said nothing. You could bum a beer from anybody and just keep on going. Yep. And then now it's, it's better now. Don't get me wrong. But like five, six years ago, it's like, don't, don't walk over my caution tape. And don't do this. This is my club's campground. Don't do this. and Don't do that. And it's like, Everybody was just always so worked up about. Yeah, it's everything. like come it's on, like, guys!
0: It's like it's not if that. If you're coming
1: serious. to a run to hang out with the ten thousand other people that do the same thing, then why would you want to segregate yourself? If you want to segregate yourself, then just go to the river with your club by your own self on your on a weekend.
0: weekend. Yeah, <laughs> right. Have your own party.
1: Yeah, so it's just I'm glad to see stuff coming back now. I'm stoked to be going to Maggie Valley just because you could cruise there, and cruising is like. Man, cruising is like an awesome pastime, bro. Like people don't realize, like it's just you go back to even fifties and sixties, and you know, American Graffiti was filmed in my hometown. I I was born in Petaluma, up in Northern California. It was filmed on our main boulevard there. So it was like this this culture, and just like why can't you just hang out? Why do you got to be on your phone? Why do you got to be just hang out, man? It's just that's all we do. You know, my wife always says she's always like. I don't want to go because all you guys are gonna do is sit around talking about cars. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of this younger crowd where the girls are like insecure, and they're like, "Well, what are you doing? Here? Where are you going? And you've been gone all night. It's three in the morning. What are you just sitting in the parking lot?" And yeah, yeah,
0: it, they're like, "Damn, they okay. were?
1: <laughs> yeah." And what's what's cool is for listeners <laughs> That's are exactly are, what we were doing.
0: Yeah, the listeners are hearing. You know, Adam talk. You know, he he works. You know, ties. He's tied into a shop that has its own TV show, and it's like at the end of the day, we're all car guys. You know, We like this stuff. And like you said, it's like a lot of times we've learned to live in the moment because for so long we didn't have cell phones, even way before pagers like you said earlier. So living in the moment to me is like, I mean, sure, at Maggie Valley, I'm going to be taking some reels and I'm going to be getting some footage, but at some point I'm going to go boom, either my phone dies or I turn it off and it's like, all right, it's the homie time. Let's hang out. Let's kick back. You know, it's not yeah. often that we get East and West coast connecting like that. So to me, it's going to be a great time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. Should be awesome. So it's, uh, it's kind of surreal for me to be celebrating 30 years of my car club. It's like, that's bananas to me. Like when we started, it was just a couple homies and a couple friends and, you know, we had, we had friends in different cities that only lived four or five hours away, and we're all just like, "Hey, let's let's start this club."
0: Oh yeah. Say, speaking of that, do you mind kind of giving us the backstory on how it started?
1: Yeah. So when I first transitioned from like low riders to mini trucks, we started going to the the, the mini truck runs, and uh, I met this guy Rich that had a, a rodeo that he called Lodeo. It was a four door when the four doors first came out, and then he knew these guys from Chico, and they had extreme lows. So it was Brian Avey uh matt baker who's now i don't even know what club matt's in now but he works at extensive and grant fab everybody knows matt and then uh steve nielsen from the original altered images and can do he was one of the original members and he did the painted logos on the back windows so we met them hung out with them instantly hit it off and then they were just like well hey you guys could be extreme lows too and i was like you know what so talk to my buddy rich in san jose talk to them talk to a couple of my buddies in la and i'm like okay let's do it let's just be multi-chapter then so that it started right off the bat we had three chapters instantly so it was them which was technically the original but i guess everybody considers me the founder because i'm the one that started like growing it and changing the rules and i changed the logo they had a big giant painted logo and at that time like relaxed atmosphere had a really simple just script logo they didn't even have the r with the hash marks at that time it was just like a little script logo got it and a lot of guys were just starting to do sticker logos at that time because we all had painted logos in the 80s and then 90s you know the vinyls came out so people just started having the cleaner stickers and i just didn't really want a big giant painted logo on my back window anymore because i had that before so then i kind of took the original that steve did the extreme used to be really huge and it was sitting on top of the lows and, like, squishing it. Ah, so then I just took the extreme and squished the extreme and elongated it and then made the whole thing long ways instead of being stacked and just kind of changed it up a little bit. Uh, and then RJ um, from Eye Candy, he was he's in the club too, so I had him tighten it up about 10 years ago, but it still is based. If you look at the original logo, if I don't even know if I have pictures of it, but if you saw it, it still resembles the original uh, we talked about changing it at one time because everybody's like, Oh, it's kind of eighties. I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. And it's really hard. Our logo, because of all the jagged edges and points, it's really difficult for the embroiderer yes. and the engravers and the sticker guy. Like your sticker always wants to peel and our jackets, the belt buckles, and everything's very difficult with this jagged logo. So we always talked about switching it, but then we just never did. And we always kept it original and we had rules about it. And so, we just stuck to those rules. And then I had a roommate that was in a fraternity. So he had some rules. And then I had some of my lowrider rules and everybody's like, Oh, you're too strict. And the club blew up really quickly. Um, some of my lowrider friends from San Diego that I knew from down there, they started camping with us. And so then they were coming to the runs and I'm like, man, you guys just need to be another chapter. So, um, Marley, which everybody, a lot of people know Marley from San Diego. Um, yeah. he's always been a friend of mine. And I was like, come on, man, just, scrape your logo. So they had a, a car club called basic obsession. And then, so they just all scraped one day and they hung out at Bonton with us. Bonton was like our official run in Bakersfield. That was huge. As like a multi-chapter. And that used to be yeah, huge back in the day. And that was one of the last ones. So that was the first run as like a multi-chapter club. And that was in 93. So that's why we consider technically we're almost 32 years old, but, we started counting from Bonton. So, Bonton was 1993, May 10th. So, that's okay. what we consider our first show as a multi chapter club. And then that's when it started. And then that's the week that Marley and those guys camped with us. They scraped their logos and started the San Diego chapter. So, we always started, it was always friends. And then the only way we ever let it grow and expand was people moving away. So, then one of our guys from LA was in the military. He moved to Atlanta. So then extreme lows jumped to the East coast and then somebody else, you know, moved away. So if you, if you did it like a family tree, it would all connect back to the original. And that's always how we wanted to keep it. You know, the only other time we were almost going to have a Japan chapter and then we kind of squashed it. We're like, no, it's going to be too hard to control. Um, but yeah, so it's been 30 years now. It's, it's just crazy. It's humbling. And, uh, I don't know how many original founders and members are still in their own original founding clubs, but I feel that, uh, yeah, I've been here for a long freaking time and, uh, it's pretty cool to still be active and still have a, a bag Toyota and I have a bag Jetta and I got a couple bag motorcycles. And so <laughs> it's pretty cool to just be still doing it and how all my friends still doing it. And, uh, three of the original founding members are going to be there this weekend and, uh, yeah, should be a good time.
0: Yeah, I would tell people you can go on Instagram and type in X-T-R-E-M-E. It's going to come up Extreme Lows with a Z. You can also look at the hashtag. Uh, a lot of us, including myself, um, some guys will use XL4Life number four, life, or we'll just spell out Extreme Lows, just how it's spelled for the club, and you can get a chance to see a lot of those photos. Do you? Um, what would you say to all of the current, and I know what's important too, although some sometimes leave on, you know, different terms, what would you say to the current and past members of the club that have helped you get to where you're at, Adam, these days?
1: Man, I would just say thanks to everybody. It's just, I'm really good friends with a lot of people that left the club. Most of the people that have left our club, they've left for to get into dirt bikes or side by side, their boats or, or just out of the scene or family stuff. Or, and then I've even had members that left for 10 years and came back. Left for 15 years and came back. So that's what's crazy to oh, me cool. is that like, like, yeah, like I just built a C10 for one of our original members, and like you were talking about Tom. Tom just bought his 720. So that 720 that Tom just bought, that orange one, is the first C notch I ever welded in my life. Awesome. And then I redid it, and I step notched it, and four linked it, and bagged it, and took the air shocks off it, and all that. About, ooh, probably. 12 years ago i redid the same truck and then he sold it and then now it ended up tom's got it and then i just built a c10 for him and now he's back in the club again and he was one of my original members it's mike's clemeni so it's just it's humbling it's cool it's just been a good time and i've met tons of great people tons of great memories and uh unfortunately some people aren't here no (laughs) more yeah and rest in peace to those guys And ladies yep. and
0: I wanna give a shout out to daryl Poe. Again, we've had him on. He has helped us link up some great guys and even though you and I had met and I wanted to get you on, you know, Daryl really said, Hey, the thirtieth is coming up for us. Would love to hear Adam and I said, Yeah, I'm like, you know, he's been on the list, we gotta do it. But also we recently put um uh Steve's Mazda on our merch and dude the old school stuff is where it's at. I mean it just blew up and wanna give a huge shout out to Ashley Wimmer um Ashley won our female mini truck of the year for last year. So I mean there's so many good guys out there and ladies. Um I know um there's so many badass trucks, you know, extreme Lowe's got a few mini truck and covers, some iconic trucks and things like that. So to me, I think it's important to spread the wealth. I mean, I know a lot of times the lion's share of posts could be, you know, R-A, N-C, S-T, no regrets, acro. But I tell people all the time, Extreme Lowe's is up there. The guy's been doing it 30 years, and uh, there's no end in sight, it doesn't sound like.
1: No, no, definitely not an end. And we've always kept it small, too. That's the thing is, I've never wanted to be the biggest. I, I like all of our chapters to only have four or five guys. I like it all to be a tight group of friends. You know, I don't ever want to be the biggest You know, I don't want, you know, even though we're pretty big now, just because of if you add all the chapters together, but we've never, you know, and even me, I've been in the scene forever, but I've never been like, you know, like that guy, I don't get out there, you know, but even though I've been here forever and known everybody and, and we've had very, very influential and a lot of people in the club that aren't in the club that were still good friends, like Travis Nowak, he, he was in the original That's LA right. chapter. That's you right.
0: Know? I forgot you know? about that. And
1: he's in R.A. now. Steve Nielsen was original founding chapter. So Mike Self, editor of Street Trucks, was in the original LA chapter. Brandon Burrell was in one of our – he had his own chapter. That's right. So it's like a lot of these people, they were all in our club at one time and left for one reason or another. And like I said, Brandon's one of my best friends. We talk probably three to four times a week, and I was in his wedding. And it doesn't matter that he's not in my club anymore. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't matter to me. Some of my, some of my best friends, they're not in the club. I've had to kick out people that are still good friends. You know, it's just, I think that's another problem too, that clubs have is that when people leave the club, people get mad or angry or, Oh, we don't talk no more. It's like, I I don't care. Like I'm still cool. I invited people like we're having a big anniversary dinner in Maggie Valley. And I invited ex members. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care what logos on your back window. (laughs) I don't care.
0: Yeah, and that's that's something for all, all to take because I know some of us, you know, maybe you have a falling out with a friend or you've been in this thing 20, 30 years. You know, you might have falling outs, but, like, I've tried to reinforce to people things I've done is kind of buried some beefs. I know some are going to be like the Hatfields and McCoys. You know, we all know some of those in the scene. But, you know, for the most yep. part, like you said, Adam, it's like, hey, let if you can, let bygones be bygones. You could be cool with people. And my my big thing is just bury the beefs if you can. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. There's only like, there's not even, there's only three or four people that they know just to avoid me. And those people, those people will always be on that list. But other than that, I've always been like down to help everyone. Like some, like some of my greatest memories, like, so Dave Shulman, he was, when he was building catch 24, like it wasn't done and it was in Florida and they needed a place to put it together. And he just hits me up just a random, you know, fellow mini trucker, but we didn't know each other. And I was like, sure, dude, he shipped his truck to Musso Motorsports, flew his crew from his shop in Florida to my shop, and we all worked on his truck. For oh, like the dark blue straight, one. Nonstop, overnighters. The, yep.
0: Yeah, the Somnia one. Yeah. After, yep, after 22. Yep. So, that, like,
1: we just went all night on that thing. And I didn't even know him from, he just called up and was like, hey, bro, I know you got a shop. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm right around the corner from the convention center. Get it here and we'll get it to SEMA. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that that. Those are some of the funnest times. And it didn't matter that he's not in my club. I don't, I don't care. You know what I mean? So helping people and just helping a fellow mini trucker and having good times. That's really what this whole scene started. That's why like I left the lowrider scene and came to this scene because of the camaraderie and the fun and the good times and the partying and all that stuff. So it got lost along the way. And I really do feel like it's similar and back to that now and then just like when people have shows that are limited, and people are like, oh, that's bullshit, and just because it's primer, and blah, blah, blah. but then you shouldn't be mad about that. That should just make give you an incentive to paint it or to get it one color or whatever. It's no one does that for hate. And then when people hate on promoters, yeah, go ahead and throw your own show and realize how hard it is.
0: Yeah, pull your own hair out.
1: People don't realize like promoting and putting on events is a ton, a ton of work. You know, so like we used to do blood drag. We used to do the ludicrous show in LA. We did scraping the smokies with Brandon. Like we even had our own show at the truck jamboree same site there before. So like we've done all that stuff before and judged them and ran them and worked them. And it's, it's not easy. So these people that want to hate on the show or hate on an event, just realize whoever's doing that event, they're doing the best they can. Yes. That's just, that's just the way it falls. If, if shit happens, yeah, it happens. If someone ruins it. Yeah. All it takes is one person. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know about Bob Hayes, but he almost lost everything because of one person. You yeah. know, they were dragging at a show, hit a manhole cover, flew through the windshield, and sued him. Even though they signed the waiver and did all that and they still sued him and he almost lost everything.
0: Yeah, and there's been there's been other stories that I've heard and some, you know, I wouldn't share on the podcast, but it's similar type situations where guy puts his neck out, they have a successful show, but because his name's on that dotted line. when said you know lunatic goes crazy and does something or even if it's something they weren't intended to do like we going back to what my parents used to say now i sound like the old guy you know when i was a kid like well someone could walk through your yard and fall and trip and you know you end up getting sued you're like whatever but literally it happens we know it's happened we've lost shows not everyone knows but we've lost shows because of it so exactly
1: it's just like just have a good time be responsible and that's it like it's not hard man it really is not hard just and then a lot of times too like a lot of members don't police their own members that's one thing that like and i've seen people die literally die at Splink splash like a guy died in his own vomit because his club didn't keep an eye on him so he literally died at the run you know of alcohol poisoning so it's like People police your members, you know what I mean? So I had to stop Steve Platt from doing a big burnout at Spring Flash one time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And Steve's a <laughs> big listener. He's going to get a chuckle out of that.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, that's I mean. Back before, Steel Flame was Steel White at that time. <laughs> right,
0: right, Steel White. Yeah, and that's what, too, like, you know, I, I had literally a conversation this week with my buddy Ruben about, we were talking about the old days, and, you know, I said some of us have done, I mean, I'll speak for myself, we'd go to Show Fest, and, you know, we'd have fun. I mean, we wouldn't get crazy malicious, but, at the same time, it's easier for like a homie to be like, yo, Jay, you know, you got to back down a little bit or whatever versus, you know, you start getting someone that's like you don't even know them and stuff. And then, you know, exactly. some everybody takes their alcohol different. Some guys are drinking a lot. They want to fight this and that. But, yeah, if you, I mean, words of wisdom, you know, make sure you have a couple people looking out for all your crew and stuff. And as we, Adam and I, I'll speak for myself, as I've gotten a little older as well, obviously, I'm a lot more reserved. I've, I've really tamed back. and but. You know, I think what with some of the sideshows, which is a big West Coast thing, and you have these things they're calling the street takeovers and all that, yep. it, it sucks a little bit, a lot, I, I should say. But I think what it is, is a lot of it is, you know, people want to go viral. And I mean, you got these guys doing, I love hip hop. I love uh, the Oakland stuff and all that. It just never, it never computes to me on why people want to hang out a window and do donuts and go flying and almost get ran over and think that's cool. And they start dancing. I'm yeah. like, I don't get it. I don't care. Exactly. It. I'd rather go to. There's, a mini there's a time and a show.
1: place for all that, you know. So right, a, a show ain't the place. <laughs> they
0: need to go to like I've never been to Burning Man, but I heard like you can go to Burning Man and kind of do
1: anything.
0: <laughs> go out there in the middle no. of nowhere and do
1: something. <laughs> I mean, you could go do it out in the middle of nowhere, but you know, they, they, there's a desert out here outside of Vegas if you want to come and do it. You just got to. You'll be cleaning your truck for a week after that. <laughs> Ask Mark Zarate. He did right. it in Tacoma. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, he did. And shout out, he's got the old I I just call it the Grant Custom topless Tacoma. You know, they got that now. So yep. we're yeah we're I excited. Saw that he's
1: got that, so that'll be it's cool that he's gonna finish that. There's there's so many other you wonder, like if you start thinking back, like, man, how many iconic trucks never got finished and just disappeared. Like I've been looking for my forerunner for twenty years. Wow. And Matt Baker found it at one time and I guess it had a blown motor. And I offered the dude to give him my bag caprice for it. LS swapped and everything just to get my phone back. And the dude said, no, I
2: well,
1: was like, he's... dang dude. <laughs> and then me and Joe, we found his Toyota with the door all messed up. I guess someone tried to break in and can't open the door, but didn't realize it had suicide doors. So the door and the roof was all smashed and he tried to get that truck back too. And then last we heard it ended up in Colorado somewhere. So, you know, there's so many of these old trucks that I just love that, like you got Fester and Tom and people taking care of it and not being haters because you had all these people five ten years ago they were like oh, oh it's bot not built blah, blah, blah. but it's like you know what as long as people are taking care of them and keeping them alive I just think it's awesome so yeah. it's like if you can find one that's done cool show it make it better and upgrade it if you find one that's not done save it and put it on the road like it's just freaking cool man
0: yeah shout out to our homie Joey Whitby did that with the relaxed taco. Um, a huge yep. shout out to Joe Musso uh, 25 years ago, believe it or not, March 98, the Toyota graces the cover. He was a huge inspiration even for me because when I looked through many trucking, there was a show one time when he took his the chassis was completed. It you know, was static yep. and the chassis was all done and he had the primer bed on it. And I always thought that was insane because you know at one point I took my truck almost done, and some of my buddies were like, "Man, you got to wait till you debut it." Why I didn't have the bed on it? And I said, "You know, Muso did it back in the day, kind of reverse of where I was at." But we all looked at that truck and we just said, "Man, that was like another level." And as you know, Adam, it wasn't bodied. It wasn't even—I don't think it was bagged. So it—it just showed that dude we we can kill it even with what we got. If you
1: look at it, he could still show that truck today if you think about it. If you pull that into a show. People would still give it props, even though it has no bags, no nothing.
0: Yep. Yeah, the whole rear 4Runner setup yep. and all that. Now, just, just to be clear, you were saying like that truck, because people have asked before, It's it's nobody knows where it's at, right?
1: Last we heard, it was actually being daily driven here in Vegas for a while by a guy that oh, rebuilt man. the motor, and then he sold it. We used to see it all the time. And it was parked outside. It wasn't even in a garage. And then he sold it to a guy, and then that guy – told me it was in colorado and then we tried to get it back and then we just lost track of the guy and so last i heard it was in colorado but i don't know where i don't know where it's parked and then last i heard my forerunner i was trying to build my forerunner to beat joe's truck so like he painted his frame well i molded my frame so there was not one hole in my old frame molded it painted it and then it was an 87 forerunner and then brian Gendro shaved it we did like a trade deal and then i put a new forerunner bumper on it And then it had a plexiglass window with a chrome rear end, chrome suspension. And so I was trying to beat Joe's truck. And then I just kind of fell on hard times and got rid of it. Well, Steve Nielsen ended up with it. And then. Wait a minute. Yeah. He just like did a front end conversion on it. He changed its signals and the grill and all that, painted it like white or something or one color. And his wife was driving it for a while. So since somebody in Northern California ended up with it, and then I don't know where that ended up either so. that's insane
0: yeah you you drug my memory because on one of i was a customer of his in the 90s and he used to send those famous vhs tapes out like the home videos and stuff and i've got one of them that i've imported most of it and there was a day this wasn't the forerunner but there was a day that he was he went to the california uh dismantlers and he had mm-hmm. bought a cat it was a forerunner body and he was getting a forklift onto like a trailer and stuff. And I remember watching that like in ninety eight, ninety nine, and just my mind was blown going, How are you gonna take a just a, a shell of a vehicle? You know, because I mean I was kind of new into the stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it jogged my memory and I was like, man, dude, it's it's just crazy how far
1: the stuff has come. Yeah, mine was actually a lifted show truck. It was at Bonton lifted with a huge lift, by lift, like all powder coated, painted. It was a full show lifted truck. And it, it belonged to a guy in our San Jose Club. Then I bought it, and then I almost rolled it. I almost—I got on two wheels, just like just turning the corner into a Burger King of all things by my house. I almost flipped it. It was on 44s. Wow. huge. I went to work the next day, told my boss, I'm like, "I'm lowering this thing." And he goes, "What, you want to put like 36s on it and just like take the body lift off?" And I'm like, "No, I'm lowering this.
0: Yeah, mini like, truck. Yeah.
1: I go, "I want to put it on a two-wheel drive frame." And he's like, "What?" So I literally took the cab off and pushed the whole drivetrain out and sold it to some guy with the lift kit, the Dana 60 rims. I sold it with the V6 and everything because I was like, I don't even want that V6. I want a carbureted with side drafts. I want it to look like you know stripped down. And, and yeah, so I took it from lifted on 44s to lowered on 17s, and that was uh, my first sponsor as a mini truck. I got sponsored by MHT, and they gave me some Neeper N7s for it. <laughs>
0: wow, and those th- those are like – all those old '90s wheels are so nostalgic. Like people are trying to get them. Like, no, I mean, dude, that's insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Toyota I'm building now, I'm I'm having Rennals made for it. Ah. So that way, it's like they'll be replicas. They'll be billet, but yeah, I'm gonna have those made for my Toyota. So well,
0: you might see. I, I can't. I, I'm sworn to secrecy, but you might see a set at Mini Nats, which I think. No, is, I
1: know. Mike, Mike, Mike got them first. I know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, there, yeah, there was a couple of people apparently doing them, but to me, what I think is awesome is that it's stuck in our mind so much that we love them because there's a couple wheels like I would love to do. There was there's a yeah. wheel that was on a cover truck that was like, you know, it wasn't a special wheel but I was like, man, what if that was in billet? So the cool thing is we can yeah. call our friends and,
1: you know, we can get the shit made, you know? Exactly. Yeah, ironically, I was building this truck for a guy in our club that passed away and oh, wow. he wanted it to mimic my old truck. So I had an 87 extra cab long bed with a Z-rack on it with 16 inch Renault's in like, 94 95 something like that with a yep. and i had a roll down back window from cr lawrence and a rag wow, and all that dude stuff. so he wanted to build that truck so i'm building what was a replica of my old truck you know and then when he passed away his family just told me to keep it so now wow. i'll never get rid of it and this has always been my favorite body style so it's a 87 extra cab long bed and it was one of my first mini trucks and it'll now probably be my last mini truck but uh yeah, so it'll be, you know, I've been busy and haven't been able to finish it, but probably in the next couple of years it'll be done, and it'll be throwback old style, but laid out, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, and what was the homie's name that passed away?
1: Uh, everybody calls him Bones. Uh, his name was Anthony Romero, but everybody knows him as Bones. Damn. So he passed away about about six years ago. So yeah, we've had a uh, we've had about six people pass away um, in, in the club, not just in the scene, but just in our club. So it's now that we're getting older, you know, you think about that thing, and you know, like. Like another fond memory, I had, a, I had a really bitchin' six-seater golf cart that was all laid out. And I had Stitchcraft interior and everything, and Courtney crashed it. <laughs> wow. So one of my great memories was us being at West Coast, and I used to not bolt the steering wheel on because people used to come and try and take my cart when I was in my <laughs> tent. So then I told Courtney, I'm like, hey, the steering wheel's not bolted on, so be careful. And he started driving all crazy, and we hit a big bump, and the steering wheel came off, and we crashed into this guy's Nissan and Holy i was like dude shit. and i was like thank god that courtney was driving because you know because courtney was courtney
0: right He could smooth it over
1: he smoothed it over and they were like cool with it because he worked for mini trucking and all this good stuff yeah i'd be like, like hey we'll feature your truck me, <laughs> if it would have been me it would have been a freaking riot and a club on club giant fight we would have all gotten kicked out but since courtney was driving it was all good <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love it. We're talking with Adam Madrigal. Yeah, okay, it's Madrigal. Yep. Madrigal. Um, thank you so much, dude. Um, man, for taking just uh, sitting down with us, dude. Shout out to Extreme Lows. Um, any any other um, any other comments you got, man, dude? You've given
1: us a lot of gold. I was gonna say I, I could go on for days, dude. I've, I've been I've been I've been in this scene too long, so I, <laughs> I know everybody and got t- and got tons of stories, and we can sit around and reminisce for five six hours i'd still keep i know i get sidetracked because i keep coming up with other backstories but i love it you know being here for so long it's just those memories pop up and they're still great and we still have a good time and we still enjoy ourselves you know what i mean and yeah now you got kids and grandkids and everything else so you know hopefully one day i'll be building a mini truck for my granddaughter so
0: yeah i love it and you know i often say someone like yourself you really should have your own podcast you got so many stories but Because you don't, you took a little bit of time to share some stories with us, and we can't thank you enough, Adam. And like I said, shout out to Extreme Lows. I want to come kick it with you guys a little bit and uh, slap hands. There's a lot of good members. Uh, Daryl Poe, of course, won the truck. Um, You know He's won so many accolades with his truck and stuff. So to all the, the current and past members, keep doing what you do. Yeah. Adam, big salute to you, brother.
1: I appreciate it, man.
0: Hey, thank you so much.
1: All right. We'll see you this weekend.